0: available in more homes than the Pac-12 network. We are the Podcast of
1: Champions. I am oh, David Woods from Bruin Report Online.
0: And here he goes. Miles
2: Jack. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner
0: going to try to sneak in ahead. Touchdown!
1: SC. We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin
2: Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Week one is in the books. We're going to recap what happened in the Pac-12. Wasn't great. Nine and three, good. Oh, and three versus power five, Bad. Uh, our picks again bad, but they beat me by one, so that was good. Um but we gotta get to all that. We're gonna preview uh week two. We got the first Pac twelve game on the schedule. It's a big game too. They got uh not, Is it is it big is it big game? Not big game. Oh, you didn't use the uh there's no the for that. You just said big game, which is that's what you're supposed to do, but you always say the big game. But you said a uh, big game it's a big game because you used uh, an
1: article because that's the way humans talk
2: with a, yeah there was an article in there because it's not the it's not just big game it's the, it's not just the big game it is game. a big yeah, game exactly. It's a general big game because you got Kirk Herbstreit you got the right, ESPN right. One, one is
1: Kirk. one is one is a general article one is a definitive article right. and, and you wanted to use the general one to differentiate it from the definitive one which would indicate the Cal versus Stanford game the big game <laughs>
2: right got it Uh, But yeah, that's good because we got like Kirk Herbstreit at the ABC game. So that's pretty good for the Pac-12. So hopefully I got to turn things around, have a better showing. We are simulcasting live on our YouTube channel, which we've built up some of the subscribers there. We got a bunch of people watching live. So thank you if you're doing that. We'll be able to put your comments, questions, concerns up on the screen. It was funny. We had a right out of the gate. We had a little Sebastian saying that the freeze frame of David's face is false advertising. So the, um, because you were smiling. Your smiling face?
1: I'm a smiley guy. I uh, don't know what people are
2: talking about. So Look yeah, at this friend. So, so I guess the uh the preview I did. Yeah, there you go. See? That's not false advertising. You can see it this right is there. Frozen. Yeah. It's right there. Um, yeah, so we're uh if you can follow us wherever you are on your podcasting platforms, but especially on Apple Podcasts, because, you know, that's where we can uh grow the show. Leave us a five star review and a positive rating or a negative rating. Any kind of rating is fine. I mean, any kind of review is fine. We just want that five stars and we'll move from there. Phoenix. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that's saying Penix instead of Penix, but that's Dave. Cause you know him. Uh, we got a lot of comments in there already. So thank you for doing that. Making this an interactive show. You can tweet at us at pac 12 podcast, the website pac 12 podcast.com. We'll put all our picks up there that you can avoid and do the opposite of or whatever you want to do. Our survival pool. We'll put that stuff up there. The links to the survival pool. Don't forget to enter. We had a whole bunch of people enter. We'll get into that in a second. Um, I'll put the, uh, the link in our, our show notes and stuff. Uh, up on, uh, the, the website, com, And if you're over on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions, uh, that's a great way to chat with other POC listeners as well. But we got a lot to get to today. First of all, how you doing, man? It's uh, Thursday morning. We're doing these shows Thursday morning. I know it's a weird time to record, but it's kinda like when it works. So Never doing better. a doing a live show Thursday morning, maybe not the ideal time, but we got it's we perfect. Got, we got our loyal listeners in there.
1: Yeah. I've been up since five thirty. You've probably been up since five. We're good. We're great. This is like midday for us.
2: Yeah, I was uh yeah, I'm two hours at the gym already. I made some bacon and eggs, did a little work. I'm doing some TikToking. Do you have you done that yet? Like kind of promoting our some of our content on TikTok? No. You're not no,
1: to... <laughs> I'm not 14. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, but we're trying. No, no, out. TikTok is something you do and you like look through because the funny videos, but you don't make videos. You're
2: how old are you? I'm making videos. You're 51. I put a get a, a grip. I, I put a little video uh, of uh, Latrell McCutcheon like just doing a tackling drill. So like, we can film like 20 minutes or so. And it got like 135,000 views since yesterday. Like, great. Like, so it's like th- th- you can go viral on this stuff. We have a couple videos that have like, over a million. So I don't know. I'm trying to do that. No. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh okay. When uh, before we jump into everything, I definitely want to thank our sponsor, My Bookie. So they're doing a double your deposit uh promo right now. Use the promo code PAC twelve. You can deposit money at MyBookie. And if you put a hundred bucks, they'll double it to two hundred bucks. So take advantage of that. I've been uh can continue to put my bets into my bookie. I bet every game that we bet, so I lost a little bit uh, this last week. So I got to build it back um, this week. I feel I feel good about some of these games, so we'll have to get that back there. But my bookie, uh, how did you feel last week? I no, it didn't feel good. And there was actually, yeah, like there's so many games. I'm like, oh, come on, you get like Colorado really. Well, we'll we'll get into all that.
1: How would you do last week?
2: Uh, well, we'll get into that in a second too. I no, I told you, I told everyone. Uh, I went five, six, and one, and you went. Six five and one, so it was it's okay. very close. Cool, cool, and cool. A, stupid Utah didn't didn't win that game when they should have won that. That hurt the Pac twelve. That hurt me. Hurt my feelings. Hurt everybody. But uh, I'm gonna I'll bounce back on uh, my bookie this week. So make sure you get in there if you haven't deposited money yet. You can do that. Your first time they'll double your deposit. Just use the promo code Pac twelve. That's for us obviously. Um, but it's fun. I'm I'm really excited that I get to bet. I'm putting bets in every week of all my picks. So. Uh, I might pick like some that are special ones, and I'll do a little more. I also did some over/under for the whole season totals. Uh, we'll see about all of that. But make, make sure you go over to my bookie. Um, NFL starts tonight. You can bet on that stuff. Holy cow! NFL's tonight, David. Like this is insane. I know you don't care. Not a um, not a bit. Not a, yeah. Don't care. But but we got college football rolling along, and uh, yeah, we got to do a lot. As far as newsy stuff goes, there's not a ton we want to get to because we got so much other stuff that we have to get to. But I wanted to talk about uh, the playoff expansion. This was sort of like the Friday news dump, but it was the biggest news in college football in a long time, and we've had a lot of big news. Uh, They've approved the expanding to 12-team model that will be the very least uh, 2026, possibly before that. And if you say, like, who cares, 12 teams, four teams, the good news for the Pac-12 is, in my opinion, this probably is going to stem the tide of all the – expansion stuff going on if you're oregon or you're washington you really need to leave you can win the pac-12 and you're in you're in the playoff and you're guaranteed to be in like the top six uh conference champions are in how so.
1: can you make that disingenuous argument when you've been making the argument throughout that it's all about money it's all just the money it's money 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 it has nothing to do with competitive balance and now you're saying oh they have no reason to leave they have every reason to leave because uh oh. the, the la schools upset the balance um, by departing for the Big Ten. so but, but you
2: get to you have access to the playoff again.
1: Oh, they have access to the playoff as a $30 million revenue school compared to $90 million revenue schools. Uh, so so okay. beyond the disadvantage that was already going to be present with the LA schools remaining okay. in the Pac-12, which would have entailed probably the Pac-12 getting a team in, SEC getting like six teams in, uh, now you're not going to have the LA schools and their money. So you're going to be at an even greater disadvantage if you take your theory that the money is all that matters. So... Uh, Oregon winning the Pac-12, it's going to be like, I don't know, is App State getting a bid? Is like the Sun Belt? Because it's going well, to be like they, that. They
2: could. But so there's there's five Power Five conferences, right, or two and three or whatever you want to do it. But you would have to have like the Sun Belt and the Mountain West or the AAC and the Mountain West getting in and the Pac-12 getting left out. Um, but the, the money from the playoff is going to be big too. So I think there's going to be more revenue. Now there's still going to be a revenue gap. And yeah, maybe the Oregon and or Washington still want to go, but if you're trying to what's the get cut, to what's the, playoff, the cut
1: with one bid out of 12 compared to like the other leagues that you're competing yeah, with? Yeah, I don't know.
2: They haven't announced any of that kind of stuff yet. So, um you still like you I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Big 10 is probably less likely to add more teams. Like if you're, you know, if you're Indiana, Illinois, uh, Maryland, like you're in the Big 10, you're like, "We don't need we can get into the playoff. We don't need more teams to kind of muddy up the waters. And I don't know. Even if if this was announced a year ago, does USC and UCLA leave? You know, I you know, probably like I think. But there's more to think about if you know that you have access to the playoff. I mean, the Pac-12 hadn't been in the playoff for five years. Like you become irrelevant, uh, in my opinion. You know, but
1: that wasn't. An, I mean, as we've talked about at length, that wasn't an access issue. That was a quality of teams issue. They, they didn't have good enough teams to make the playoffs, so they didn't make the playoff. When they've had good enough teams to make the playoff, I mean, it's sort of circular, but it's not. Washington was good enough to make it, and they haven't had a team as good as that 2016 Washington team
2: since then. True, but if there was a 12 team playoff, you would have had a team that was good enough to make it because there was more teams.
1: Right, good enough to make it, and then good enough to lose by That's I don't bad. know, I don't know, just
2: just spitballing like 46 to Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> we gotta like. We have to. We're going to get to all the games and stuff, but uh, I want you to think about this before we go into it. You have to tell me, give me a good answer. What your favorite point that Oregon scored in that game? <laughs> like which one? There's three to choose from. Pick your favorite one and uh, explain why. I don't know I want five hundred words on my desk in the morning. Um, okay, so we have. Uh, Sorry, I get, Oregon fans. No, no, There's going to be lots of that though. There's. I mean. <laughs> let us i w let's I wanna like look at the whole the big picture thing first. Maybe we can do this by so we had like our kind of notions going in, like who's gonna be good, who's gonna be bad. Like I felt Oregon State was gonna be pretty good. I feel good about that. I felt Arizona was gonna be a lot better. I didn't I thought the schedule was really hard, but you know, I feel good that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be there. I thought Oregon would just be kind of mediocre. I feel pretty good about that. I thought Utah was gonna be elite. Don't feel as H- good. Hang on, but I feel hang, hang on, hang
1: on, hang on. What you thought Oregon was going to be mediocre, and yet you picked them to cover against Georgia, essentially in a road game in
2: Atlanta. Yeah, seventeen points. It was just uh-huh. a lot of points. How many did they no, lose by? but I'm talking about the season predictions. No, they lost by <laughs> all the points. <laughs> take, take all the points, put them in a pile. That's the margin of <laughs> defeat. But I, I didn't pick them to go like ten to two or anything. I thought there'd be. I, thought, I forget what I maybe eight and four. So I forget what I picked them. But I thought they would be like oh good, but not like right. They're not, not the second-best team in the Pac-12. Um, I feel pretty good about it. Stanford, I'm getting second thoughts on being complete, but. you know, Don't West do City.
1: that. We did that last year. Remember we did that last year when they scored like 42 against USC and we're like, oh, no, maybe Stanford's not ass. They're going to be ass. Okay. They're going to be really bad.
2: I, I like the conviction. They're yeah, going to yeah. still be ass. Uh, go with that. Um, I thought Washington State would – so I'm a little worried about Washington State. I thought they would be pretty good um, overall, you know, and – UCLA didn't look great, but they're you know, probably have a decent season. I think Washington, I thought was gonna be pretty good, turned things around with the offense. You know, they looked all right. Um, so I think in general, I feel I thought Colorado would be complete ass, and they definitely look like complete ass. Arizona State will be one to watch. Um, you know, I I think they're gonna be bad, but maybe they're not quite as bad. Um, anything, any, you know, I thought Cal could be a bowl team. They didn't look great. But uh they're okay. I don't know. so i I feel pretty good about my preseason sort of assessment of how things could go. do you what do you feel about some of your any any teams you think, oh crap, I was way off on that one
1: no, I, I I mean, not to I felt like my read was pretty good. Um, I think the one that actually surprised me in the positive the most was probably Washington uh, okay. because I was expecting it to take a little bit longer for Debord at To really put his offense in, but that thing against Kent... I mean, we'll talk about the game, but that thing against Kent State looked like it was fully operational. Uh, Phoenix looked great. Um, (laughs) He was was great out there. Um, So I would say that one in the positive, and then I would probably say in the negative cal or washington state um cal just looks like cal i mean what can you say about cal yeah they're about, it's, they're it's about, yeah. the most like uh just any knowledge about cal football slips off your brain so quickly
2: they got chase garber's 2.0 yeah, no, he'll it's, be it's, fine it's, it's <laughs>
1: eternal sunshine um but i would say um cal or washington state? washington state was probably the most disappointing
2: okay yeah yeah that was the one i was like oh they, they can turn things around too but i thought they'd be a little bit more exciting but you know in general like the picks weren't good but i feel like All right. The assessment of these teams, um, I feel uh, pretty good about. So why don't we get into our very first Pac-12 Roundup of the 2022 college football Pac-12 football season. The only rankings you need. Yeah. We are back, baby. We have the POC power rankings adjusted for week one, and we're going to go in reverse order, as we always do, and kind of recap all of these games our number 12 team we had them at 11 we gave them a little credit not anymore number 12
1: colorado buffalo
2: <laughs> oh boy so 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 bad we were both wrong on this one we both had colorado at 14 points uh
1: absolutely terrible bad. um so here's the thing to take away from this one so TCU ended up winning 38-13 it wasn't that close it should have been 38 to 6 uh colorado scored a junk time touchdown but yes. but tcu didn't look good tcu looked bad for most of this football game which i thought they would be that's why and I'm... <laughs> and i i still think they might be i still think they might be a bad yeah. team the first half of this football game was one of the worst played halves of football i think i've seen <laughs> in a long long time uh, and they still pasted colorado on the road in boulder by 25 points um uh, Carl Durrell has clearly made the wrong choice at quarterback. Um, there was lots of uh, talk about JT Shrout not being ready, coming back off the injury. That's obvious bullshit. Obvious. And uh, as a longtime uh, Carl Durrell uh, watcher, um, it's just the the pure stubbornness kicking in again. Uh, Brendan Lewis was his guy, so he's going to continue to play Brendan Lewis. Uh, Brendan Lewis threw the ball 18 times for 78 yards in this game. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, J.T. Shrout was better, and in this offense, uh, throwing almost seven yards a, a an attempt is great. Uh, he yeah. was twenty three attempts for one hundred and fifty seven yards. Clearly has an arm. Clearly can throw the football. Uh, he came in and did that, and then he was benched to start the second half. Just uh, they still had a chance to be in this football game, and I still think they had a chance to maybe win it if Shrout starts the second half and plays the whole second half. Yeah, probably not, but maybe um but instead no we just got more brendan lewis who wasn't good um and it's not all brendan lewis's fault um i think if they had an offense that was designed for his skills a little bit better like if he was running the ball a lot more uh because he's clearly a dynamic runner um that clearly has that ability i mean he was eight carries for 42 yards in this game um but they don't it's it's still Darrell's uh, shit offense from 20 <laughs> years ago um so Are you familiar it, with this? It was audience? really bad. Honestly, TCU's quarterback, Chandler Morris, he's the son of a coach. And as you know, I hate all um, sons of coaches. Uh, he's bad. Their, their quarterback was really, really bad. And if he'd been better, they would have gotten blown out by six touchdowns.
2: Yeah. A horrible game. We got a comment from uh, uh, 7861. I don't know. So whatever it is. TDY. Um, Do you see the Iowa game where the offense was put back 100 years? Iowa won 7-3. Did not score an offensive touchdown um they 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 they
1: scored 7 points on 3 scores.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Two two safeties in a field. Uh would you say that Colorado's offense was worse than Iowa's offense on the day? I don't
1: know. Yeah, but here's the thing I'd say about Iowa's offense is at least it was kind of fun, you know? They were doing some stupid things. Colorado's was just depressing. It yeah. was depressing to watch that football game.
2: It was it was definitely not something you should have watched. There was a lightning delay in the beginning, so that was a little bit weird. Um Maybe that's what threw them off. Otherwise, their offense would have been just gangbusters. But you, look, I think Colorado's first drive, they like completed a pass that I think went nowhere. They ran up the middle It went nowhere. It's like third and 10. Um, They got a big pass, and it's like, wow, they're actually moving the ball. Like Maybe this is a different Colorado. And then they get stuffed on fourth and one. And it just pretty much like felt, you know, give up a punt return for a touchdown. It was just sort of like, this is what Colorado is going to be. You know, I had a little hope. JT Shrout. Okay, so the quarterback position is a, is a guy that you want to throw the football to other athletes that are on your team and get them the ball and let them run with it and score points. Hang like, on, I got
1: to take notes. What are you saying?
2: He looks <laughs> like a guy that would throw the football and get it to athletes. And, and I'm not sure why you don't want to go with him. I I don't know what you're protecting. I I mean, just if you're Colorado, you have to do whatever you can to play the best guy. And you have a guy that looks like He's throwing some dimes out there, you know. Um, halftime this was 7 to 6. TCU had 76 total yards. So, TCU was winning, they had the punt return thing. But Colorado's defense actually played well. The offense was shit, obviously. Second half, TCU started offensing and Colorado decided to not offense. So, then it was this blowout. But it was it was close. Like I was like, "Okay, I feel good we can cover this game, right?" Mm-hmm. Because TCU's not doing anything on offense. Colorado's not doing anything on offense. Well, TCU ended up doing something on offense the second half, and it was just...
1: Yeah, they ran the ball over Colorado in the second half. I think a lot of that was probably the, the defense getting a little bit dejected with how ineffectual yeah. the offense was. Um, but, yeah.
2: Um, Big, bad blowout. Look at dirty, dirty. Like We're getting some good comments. Like People are actually liking this. Like You guys are the best. Keep up the great work. Unless you guys, Let's get you guys to 50K subs. Let's do that. Let's do it. I think we have 250 subs or something dirty like that. Knees, dirty knees. Uh, Done. Uh nice. Yeah, thank you for all that. Um uh, Trevor says lightning delay more exciting uh than the offense. Yeah, that's uh this this was one of the more disappointing outcomes for me you know this was the friday this was the friday game i believe yes. um so i start my picks both i think of both our picks were oh and two to start so like that's a pretty big hole to kind of go into but just thinking that colorado kept it close versus texas a&m last year it was close in the first half in this game It's sort of like the way i went with it i thought that's the way it would go and then just colorado did absolutely nothing and that was bad yeah all right our number 11 team stanford cardinal <laughs> All right, this one went, I would say, about
1: as expected. Um uh, Colgate uh, was a forty one point dog. We both knew absolutely that Stanford was not going to cover forty one points. Um they scored forty one.
2: No, uh not forty one and a half, it was forty one and a half. They forty
1: one and a half. Okay, so they didn't even score the amount they needed to to right. get to a shutout cover. We got this one right. Yes. Right. Uh Stanford scored forty one. They beat Colgate by thirty one. Colgate was allowed to score ten points. Um mm-hmm. Stanford was a little gong show in the uh, first half. They um, really, really struggled to move the ball. They were doing stupid stuff. They fumbled. Um, Colgate scored off of a fumble return. Um, it was dumb. It was 7 7 with. Uh, into the second quarter, it was still 7 um, yeah. 7. So Stanford was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, they went into halftime 28 7. I would say here, clearly, like there were no danger of losing this game at any point. But they played with them a little bit too much to make me think that Sanford's going to be any good this year. Um, EJ Smith is getting a lot of pub for averaging 10 yards a carry. And he looks good, but it was against Colgate. Who the hell knows? Uh, Tanner McKee looked fine, but again, it's against Colgate. So who the hell knows? Um, The defense, I would say, allowed quite a bit too much on the ground for me to be confident against uh, any team that's good because Colgate isn't. Um, like that's not a good FCS program. So, um, long story short, I still think Stanford's ass. Yeah. People are talking themselves into Stanford after this game. And I have no clue why.
2: I don't know if it's just this game. Um, but you know, there's a lot of guys are back from injury. So the offensive line should be a little bit better. There's better receivers. Obviously, you know, Tanner McKee is really good, but I'm sticking with the butt. I'm sticking with Stanford's going to not be very good. Um, I think I picked them to go one eleven. I don't think it's going to be like that, but I think it could be another three-win type of season for Stanford. We'll see if I'm wrong. Um, We don't know a whole lot, you know, the Colgate, but they had special teams, miscues. There's just – I feel like you got to stick with your general principles. And this was a Stanford team that was awful, what, lost seven in a row. And you didn't make a single change on the coaching staff. They had a one dude from the transfer portal from from Oklahoma. That's about it. Uh, you didn't make the changes. Uh, I mean, you know Smith, the running back, he looks you know he looks legit. I think he was averaging like ten yards carry, had a couple touchdowns. You know, McKee throws for over three hundred yards. Um, you know, that's what you're supposed to do against a, a really terrible. Right, so
1: dude. here's the thing I'll say about Smith is yeah. he had one eighty-seven yard touchdown. In his other carries, he had 31 yards on 10 carries. That's bad. Against Colgate. That's
2: a good... I mean, it's a very good point. Okay. So, you're making me feel better. I'm sticking with Stanford is butt. Yes. All right? Thank you. Stanford will be butt. You
1: were getting wishy-washy, and I didn't like to hear that from you. I want commitment. I... I, I want would go I said,
2: I said one and eleven. We uh, don't believe
1: the- in many things on this show, but the assiness of Stanford <laughs> is one of our prime truths. It's the prime directive of this show. There's the Jake. So we want to beat up. We want to beat up those five fans into a rough paste. Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, all right. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's go to our next um, team. Who do we got next? We have. This is disappointing. Washington State Cougars. <laughs> This went exactly
1: as I expected. Um, not exactly. But, so mad that but you got cl- this. So. Cl- close enough. Um, all right. Uh, Washington State eventually beat Idaho 24-17. So this was not the only – so Utah-Florida was not the only game decided by a uh, effectively an end zone touchdown to seal the game. Uh, Idaho was driving at the end of this game to tie. Yeah. Uh, Going to get kind of lost in the shuffle. This came close to being a very hilarious loss uh in that Moscow uh Pullman corridor. Um Idaho was leading 10 nothing. Uh Washington so, yeah. Washington looked horrible. Washington State. Um, Washington State, sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
2: I'm so sorry. Washington looked horrible. Washington I'm wearing gray. my Washington purple. I'm just
1: today. so eager to talk about Phoenix that I, yeah. I just can't help it.
2: <laughs> we had someone in the chat that wanted to skip to Washington. i like that's not how no, it no, works. But I, sorry, will, I,
1: I will I will give my best to Phoenix. Um Cameron Ward, uh, they dropped Jaden DeLore for this guy. Mm. N- remember that? I remember, remember when they did that? We were like, oh, that Cameron Ward must be really good. Yeah, he wasn't in this game. Um, he threw the ball 41 times for 228 yards. Uh, that's not great. No. Um, three touchdowns, but a lot of that was coming late. Uh, he was not good in the early stretches of this game. Uh, Washington State ran the ball pretty well, um, but I would say the biggest worry um, is just... Um, Generally, I would say that offense did not look super explosive um, against Idaho. And, um, you know, all things considered, I thought the defense was more or less fine. Um, But you're still allowing 17 points to Idaho. Right. And they were uh, driving the ball really well at the end. Um, So, yeah, not great. Um, You don't want to draw too many conclusions from game one, but um, start drawing. Yeah. Some concerning things in this game.
2: Start drawing conclusions. This was uh, this was a tough one for me because I just really felt like I like the momentum that Washington State built up last year. You, you know, Jake Dicker takes over. they Everyone seemed to rally around him. Ward, for all the reports I heard, just seemed like he was going to come in and just be super fun. And they were just going to throw the ball over the field and just have a good time. You know, like I, I was pretty confident, like Caleb Williams coming to USC, they were going to like, he's going to throw the ball around. It's going to be great. They're gonna have receivers. Just have fun on the offense. And I felt like Washington State was doing the same thing. Not that they can't. Not that they, this can't turn around. But that's a really disappointing result against a, a pretty crappy Idaho team that's just down the street. You were losing. You could have easily lost that game. And if you looked at some of the um, Dickert afterwards, he was like, "We won the game," and he was talking like that. So
1: that's why. So I thing, hate that. Phoenix should absolutely be the quarterback for Dickert.
2: Don't you think? <laughs> I mean, it's the Pac-12. We mess things up all the time. That's yeah, definitely that's a mess right. up. Um, but he was talking about winning the game. He said, we're going to learn from this. Um, I don't like that crap. Like, you have to be like, holy crap, we are better than this. We sucked against Idaho. We're going back to the drawing board. We're like, not like trying to convince everyone, hey, man, we won. We You know, you were a, a five-score favorite in this game, and you almost lost. So, No, this is not – there's no moral victory, won the game, whatever. Like, you got to be better than that. So that was – I mean, Washington State, you needed a goal line interception to win the game. Like, that's insane. Like, that's this should not have been happening. So the good thing is I could kind of turn it off because I'm like, okay, they're not covering this one. Um, 28 and a half points was a lot, but I really felt like Washington State was going to be fun, uh, and it wasn't.
1: No, this was a depressing slog through uh the slopes of Eastern Washington. This was
2: the this was the, yeah, this was sort of like watching like if like the Colorado Cal offense had a baby, like that's what this Ooh, was. Oh jeez. like wow. Yeah. Wow, I'm just picturing and, that. <laughs> and it what it's not fun. This was no. not the coup grade. No, that's the, not a fun baby. Holy that's cow.
1: that's like a colicky baby that's crying all the time. And you just want to put it in a room oh. and like close the door. <laughs> It's close the door for like a month and come back and hope for the best. Like what do you know? It's like medieval. I mean, you're taking it to a dark place. I'm just talking about giving yourself a break.
2: <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, Washington State. I'm so glad we have the meow because that you 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 you've lost. I'm not even go, like even if Washington State goes 11 and one, you've lost your growl privileges. Like you are Washington State Cougars. Me- you are meow for the rest, of, for eternity, for doing this, for for screwing this game up for me. <laughs> and I run the board. I don't care what you do. Meow. You can send me flowers, whatever. You are meow forever. Yep. So just if, if everyone asks about the meow, I'm going to say Idaho. Interception <laughs> in the end zone at the end of the game to beat Idaho. No. Uh, All right. Let's go to our next team, who I just mentioned in a a birthing sense. California Golden Bears.
1: (laughs) One of the the parents of the Washington State offense. Uh, The sturdy Golden Bear uh, didn't look so sturdy. Isn't it Um,
2: perfect that they they were the push? Yes. It was like Cal.
1: No, no. But that's the thing about Cal football is you can't actually remember anything. So it's great that it's a push. I hope they have 12 pushes this year where it's just (laughs) – I have no idea what happened in this game. It went about as I expected. Who knows? Yeah. Um, did we both have Cal to cover? Uh, let or me Davis look. to cover?
2: We had... I think I had Cal. I think I had Cal, um, too. Let me see real quick. Sorry, I'm trying to put up comments. Where's the game? Uh, we both picked Cal, yeah. So we push. Yeah,
1: and it... I mean, it was uh, closer than it should have been, uh, which is... Um, and for most of the game, I should say. Um, Cal kind of controlled it i would say a little bit more in the second half it was 17 7 at half uc davis was up seven nothing after a quarter um it uh, i don't know really what to say about jack Plummer. i thought he was fine um you know i think the quarterback situation is more or less honestly it didn't look too dissimilar from like any i mean not to not to cast dispersions on our guy but it didn't look any different from any chase Garber's game i've ever seen like he was fine um they were, the the stats of the game kind of kept it a little bit close. They were a 99%, you know, likely to win uh, this game. So, you know, it was just kind of a weird first half. Um, defensively, um, Davis was able to move the ball quite a bit better than they probably should have. Um, they ran the ball well. They threw the ball okay. Um, I'd be a little bit concerned about the Cal defense if I was a Cal fan, which I am very much not. Um <sighs> But uh, but offensively, they looked fine. I mean, yeah. it, it didn't look horrible. Um, but it's UC Davis, so not great.
2: No, uh, not great. The push was, like, pretty standard. Now, you know, Jack Plummer, three touchdowns pick. It was a close game kind of early on. Uh, Cal gets a pick six in the third quarter. That definitely helped. Uh, but <laughs> But without that. Like they're not covering this game, they're not pushing this game. So, but I felt like Plummer, and he had interviews and stuff afterwards. He was kind of chill on the interviews. I wasn't like loving the fact. I mean, he just seemed kind of like really laid back on the interview. So maybe it's a good, good Cal quarterback. But
1: how it, magical would it be if he had transferred to Washington instead, and he'd been able to change his first name to Jake?
2: Yeah, I mean, we would then he, he would be, not be Jack. We would call then him he Jake. would be Jake Plummer.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna call him Jake Plummer anyway. <laughs> okay because it just rolls off the tongue a little bit better so uh that'll make me more interested in cal football i'm just going to call him jake Plummer.
2: but i feel like in the second half he looked a lot more comfortable they kind of like you know got a feel for the way definitely like i said the pick six helped 11 different dudes caught passes They they spread the ball around a little bit so i'm kind of like if you look at a team that sort of just comes out of the gate and they're like they were okay you know whatever against uc davis that's fine but they can build on it. I kind of feel like that. Like I'm, like I'm not looking at Colorado and going, man, they can build on that, or um, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, what can they build on it? Or just like, like uh, even like Washington house? State. Like I didn't, I didn't look at that. Like they can, but I don't feel like I don't have any confidence that Washington State's going to build on it. For for Cal, you're sort of like, yeah, I thought they'd be like a six and six kind of team. They look like they can be competent on offense and and play pretty good defense. So yeah, like I feel like. This, this is still in my, the wheelhouse of where I thought Cal would be. if that makes sense.: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, okay, Our number eight team, Arizona State Sun Devils.: <laughs>
1: All right, so this is again one where I think uh, people are taking a lot from it when I think you can take I think you can take small positives from ASU blowing out Northern Arizona, but I think we took a little bit too much data from Northern Arizona having beaten Arizona last year., yeah. and not realizing it's still Northern Arizona. They're still an FCS school. A competent FBS school should do this to an FCS school. And Arizona State might be competent. I think that's the biggest takeaway we can say from this game is that, okay, ASU might not be a dumpster fire yet at this point in the season. Because I think a lot of what we're baking into our preseason analysis of ASU is that they have already quit on Herm. And I don't think that's happened. Um, That may happen at some some point. The slightest sign of adversity, they might just be like, ah, screw this. But it's not happened yet. Um, biggest takeaway for ASU is Valade is a stud at running back. Uh, Nata, Nata, Ngata? What are we going with there? I don't know. I don't know. Ngata uh is a really good number two, and Emery Jones um well, meh, for a good portion of this game looked better than Jaden Daniels did at any point last year. Um, so I think offensively you've got to be pretty pleased. Um and then Jaden Daniels had a
2: he was like hey, all of LSU's new, new
1: environments for everyone, work out for everybody. That's great. Um, yeah. and then uh the thing is, I just don't know how much, if anything, you can take away from the defensive performance. It certainly looked very good and dominant against NAU, but that's how you should look against NAU. Um, you know, we'll see if it continues. Um, but that was uh, it was everything you could have asked for as an Arizona State fan from an opening game against an FCS school.
2: Right. And uh we didn't think that there would be like we we both kind of felt this would more be like the Cal game where it's like you're playing a, a overmatched opponent and it's just sort of like stays close a little bit. Maybe you make a big play and, and you know, but it, you just felt like it would be like close for a little while. This was not, this was blowout city right away. Yeah. Uh, Emory Jones was still playing in the fourth quarter when it was 37 to three. So we didn't think Herm would be like all, you know, all gas, no breaks, and just. It, but he was like, I was like, they were trying. To, I think they were trying to get some sort of, some positive momentum or something. But this definitely didn't feel like a Herm Edwards game from before, just the way they were. Um, and you know the way, and ASU was still playing well. You felt like there was, you know, there was enough points there that you could get like a backdoor cover coming from Northern Arizona. Like, nope. Like it was all that was shut down. Um, so this was the Thursday game. This was the kickoff game, and uh, we were both wrong. On this one as well, but like, yeah, it didn't go the way I thought. And maybe the takeaway is that ASU is, is, is more competent than we think. And we'll see, um, as this goes on, but that, that's what you, you know, you can say, well, it was only against a bad team. We've seen teams play. We've seen Washington lose to a Montana. Like it's not just, um, you know, we've seen Washington state struggle with a bad team. If you blow out a bad team, I don't like when people discount it. Like you at least did what you were supposed to do. Right. And I think that's what. Uh, what
1: you're lo- what you're looking to avoid in these types of games is negative signs. And I don't think ASU showed any negative signs. So, that's great. You haven't answered anything negatively after your FCS game. That's right. all you're
2: looking for. Okay. Um, trying to put up some comments and stuff here. Let's go to our number 7 team drop into the bottom half. Oregon Ducks. <laughs>
1: All right, so you know it's bad, like you know it's really, really bad when you've got so. And I speak from experience here, Oregon fans. This isn't Mm -hmm. this isn't an this isn't an unempathetic response, but when you've got fans writing like just goddamn fan fiction, like, oh man, well you know we we were really moving the ball pretty well there in the first half. Like when you're writing stuff like that, you know your team just got ass blasted. Like you just got crushed beyond belief. Somebody wrote that. Yeah, you no. Know, lots of people were saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, the offense—it was moving the ball okay. Like the the pass game, uh, the running game was working okay, and, and th- there was some good stuff to take from that first half." No, there wasn't. You lost by forty-six points, and you looked bad doing it. And your your defense looks horrible—absolutely horrible. Lost forty-nine to three. Uh, there's not too many teams that lose by forty-six points and then turn out to be a really good team. Um, there's some that turn out to be like five hundred. But there's not too many that go from that to like winning a Rose Bowl. The only one that I can think of in recent memory was USC in 2016, which had um, a really weird circumstance where Sam Darnold was still standing on the sideline ready to uh, play quarterback and they weren't using him for some whatever reason. Um, This isn't that situation. Uh, We now have two straight staffs who have had no interest in Ty Thompson as a quarterback. Bo Nix is your guy and Bo Nix is not that guy. Uh, He looked awful. Um, He looked actually. No, I won't say that. He looked exactly like Bo Nix has looked throughout his entire career. And I don't know what land Danning was thinking that that's the answer for you. Um, but you know, the offense, uh, it's just, it's, it wasn't good, but not too many offenses are good against Georgia. So if you want to take some solace in that, but three points is bad, three points is bad, no matter who you're going against. Uh, and then <sighs> defensively, uh, that's, that should be your five alarm fire because, yes. uh, Stetson Bennett, uh, He's a Heisman candidate now. Yeah, yeah, no. He 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 only had six incompletions in this game. Um, You're putting absolutely no pressure on him. And the thing is, it's not like we're talking about, um, gosh, what Cal might have looked like against Georgia. Because I don't think the outcome would have been any different with Cal. Oregon has top ten talent. Uh, To look like that against Georgia is a real, real concern. Um, and I'm not gonna like throw out the you know Land danning era entirely at this point, but they didn't look prepared. They didn't look at all ready for that game, and they should have looked somewhat more ready. Like they should have been able to at least throw a punch. And I never saw a punch thrown. No, just it's like it the was, arms were tied behind. It was rolled over and dead from the beginning.
2: What? Okay, <laughs> 46 points. It could have been like. Georgia could have wrote down a number and scored that many points. Like, "Uh, let's go ninety, and they could have done it. Like, that's the defense was bad. What were you concerned about, and why was were we both not as like high on Oregon being amazing this year? Was you got Landanning his first, you know, first time being head coach. He was only a major uh, coordinator. Hey, no, no, no. I want to say this. What probably his first time running a
1: defense too? Because Kirby Kirby Smart Smart runs his
2: freaking defense. So you were, you know, it's one of those things where you promote a put you know, a, a coordinator whose boss is the real coordinator. And that's one thing he hadn't been doing it that long. You hire a whole bunch of recruiting, you know, guys that are known for recruiting and not known for coaching. And then when you get to a game against obviously, you know, a really freaking good team, that's got talent all over the place and is going to beat your ass more often than not. And they're better, you know, Georgia looks that's, you know, Georgia looks really, really good anyway. But you you have to look like you've been prepared, you know. Um, you know, we're gonna get to USC. I've seen many talented USC teams that just go out and they don't look they looked a lot like this. They're like they didn't know what they were doing, people were confused, the play's not getting in, like that kind of stuff. It looks like you have a staff that's built around guys that are great at recruiting and not necessarily great at coaching. That was a concern we talked about going in. I don't feel any different watching this game. Uh now The caveat is it's Georgia and they could make anybody look terrible. And maybe Oregon kind of turns things around. But I think the concerns you have for the Ducks are real. Um, When you talk about Bo Nicks having to play like within the offense and stuff, and that's not who he is. He's a guy that goes out and just, you know, improvises. Like that's who you got. Sorry, sorry. He threw two picks. What you're
1: talking about is a bad quarterback. You, you, You went out on the transfer market and with your Oregon. Like, all that surrounding talent, and this is where I think uh, our boy Land Danning is showing a lot of SEC bias, Yeah, is he was like, oh, well, this guy was, you know, fine at Auburn, so he's going to come into the Pac-12 and dominate. Uh, no, he sucked at Auburn, and he's going <laughs> to suck in the Pac-12, um, and it's just, it, this was the reality of who No Bix was, and I don't. I, I, I'm I'm confused about why this decision was made. Maybe it was simply that was the best they could do on the open market. But like, um, did they make a run at Dylan Gabriel? I don't know. But there were there were other things to try on the transfer portal market besides um, Bonex.
2: Yeah, this was this was definitely disappointing. And I mean, I, you know, it's not the most disappointing result in the Pac-12, but this is a this is a big one. Like, I think. A lot of people felt that Oregon could go in there and be somewhat competitive, at least for a while. This was – you weren't in the same area code as competitive.
1: Well, and I, I want to like cite one of the um, – just for what I mean by competent. Um, remember when Washington played Alabama in the playoff in 2016? Yeah. It wasn't like a close game, but it was 24-7. And yeah. Washington threw a punch. Like they actually looked like they had a chance in that game going into the third quarter. Yes. Um This was nothing. This was. And so if you're trying to compare, like, was is Oregon a potential playoff caliber team this year? Absolutely not. And are they a Pac-12 contender? I would say no. I don't think they're going to contend in the Pac-12. You don't lose by 46 points. Um, That's that's a really hard thing to get past because that means you were non-competitive in a way that even in the Pac-12, even as down as it is, you got to show more fight than that. Yeah.
2: And obviously, there's still a talented roster. And you can uh, talent could win, but I'm not encouraged by the signs uh, of what I saw, especially how bad uh, the defense played. Um yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Stetson Bennett was like fine last year. He just had a great team around him. Like he looked like a all world, whatever. I mean, what, what was it? What was it? I think uh, Georgia. Was nine of ten on third down, <laughs> like yeah. what? Like insane. Like some of those numbers are just crazy. All right, this is a good one. Moving up to our in our top half, our number six, Arizona Wildcats. <laughs> exactly what, a, what we thought it was gonna be. What a growl.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, not even like joking. Uh, Arizona, um, had. Uh, from like a comp- competition standpoint. One of the most impressive wins of uh, week one, probably one of the top two or three uh, Arizona yeah. beat San Diego state on the road, 38 20, despite the punter kicking the ball directly into his up man's, butt, um in the end zone, uh, despite that happening, they still won by 18 points. Yeah. Um, that shows uh, mental strength. It shows all that stuff that you want from like a winning, a potentially winning team. Um, there was a lot to like about that offense. Uh, Jaden DeLora, um, Picked up where he left off at Washington State. Looked really good. Um, Jacob Cowing is one of the best receivers in the Pac-12 this year. Uh, I can say
2: that pretty definitively after game one. Um, they uh, – oh, Oops. What? I put the – oh. Uh, I'm sorry. I put the wrong uh, picture up. I got a Jacob Cowling picture. I got to find it. I'll, I'll get wow. for it for you. Wow. wow. I know. Way I to, know way to
1: break, uh, break my rhythm. I'm break, sorry. Break my uh, concentration. I don't know where it was. I saved it. Oh, yeah. Just keep talking about it. Um, yeah, so uh, Arizona, um, I thought just across the board, looked really good in this game. Um, and then defensively, um, pretty much shut down that San Diego State passing attack. But, of course, um, San Diego State's never good offensively. So I, you you got to almost grain of salt any defensive performance against San Diego State because their offense is always terrible. Uh, it's like it, It's like when you're going against an FCS school where it's like, OK, you can't take too much from this. You just don't want to have negatives. Um, I don't think there was many negatives. Uh, they only averaged four yards a carry. Uh, they averaged under four yards a pass. So, I think you've got to be pretty happy if you're Arizona with the defensive performance. And then offensively, I think there's a lot to like. There's some actual weapons. The offensive line I thought looked pretty damn good. Um, no, I, I think uh, our read on Arizona that it's a completely transformed team and that the uh, roster shakeup, the um, amount of transfers they brought in, the impact freshmen, it's going to make an immediate impact. And I think. uh, the smart money is on Arizona contending for a bowl this year.
2: I got it. Sorry. I had, I know I downloaded this picture and it didn't come in there for some reason. So I wanted to get you guys a picture of, uh, he is a really good receiver. Um, T Mac, I think is going to be really good. Uh, the, the five star, um, they look, they look super competent, right? Like this is, we both picked uh preseason Arizona to beat San Diego state on the road, despite Arizona, Uh, getting crushed by san diego state at home last year and then we both picked arizona getting six and a half points we we were on this one we were right new stadium there wasn't that there wasn't a whole lot of people there jane delora looked awesome the last time arizona won on the road was 2019 so 11 straight road losses this was you know i go like you know, signature win or something, but this was like the win to go. They were 11 last year and they beat Cal in a COVID thing. This shows like we've been a team that's been beating up the Pac 12 for several years on the road. Arizona's plenty competent right now. And I probably even a little more bullish than I was before. I think the schedule's tough. So it's gonna be a tough kind of turnaround. But I think they might beat some more Pac12 teams than I really uh, thought going into this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at the the if you look at the breakdown of how San Diego State scored, one was off a fumble that was on Arizona's side of the field that San Diego State converted to a touchdown, and then the other one was the the punt that kicked off the butt of the up man right. and San Diego State recovered it for a touchdown in the end zone, this was a dominant win for Arizona um like it should have been 38 13 um if they'd just been able to punt the ball yeah um so i don't know i mean i think there's a lot to like there
2: yeah th- this one like like i felt good like okay this is kind of where we thought it was going to go and it did so feel really good about it i just thought that arizona was going to turn things around they did um and they're probably even going to be better than what we thought so Kudos to the fit. We got some fish heads in the chat. Uh, kudos to Jed fish. They're looking good. Okay. Let's go to our number five team. UCLA Bruins. All
1: right. UCLA uh, took on Bowling Green in front of a crowd that could have fit inside of Pauley Pavilion with room to spare. They could have played this game at Drake stadium at UCLA without the conversion to a full on campus stadium. Like they could have fit. The nine thousand odd fans just on that one row of
2: bleachers.
0: Hmm.
1: It was hot as hell. Um, it was hot. Uh, there. I'm gonna Ed, r- Eddie um,
2: says he has more people on Zoom calls than UCLA had the. Rose Bowl.
1: <laughs> my uh, my brother um, reported uh, from the stadium that uh, he peed when he came in. Uh, he peed at the at the at the bathroom and then drank a bunch of fluid throughout the game. Uh went to a baseball game after this game, drank a bunch of fluid there, didn't pee again until about midnight at his hotel room. So about 12 hours, no pee, just pure sweat. Wow. Just all the urea just coming out of your body, uh, but purely through your glands. Um, so that's the backstory. <laughs> uh UCLA won forty five seventeen. Um, it was a blowout. Um However, (laughs) however, uh, it was a weird start to this game. Bowling Green was up 17 to 7 at one point. Uh, UCLA special teams were a disaster. They never stopped being a disaster. It's just the offense started to get going and the defense completely shut down Bowling Green. Uh, But special teams were awful. They missed two field goals. Uh, The punt returner, um, fair caught too late, then muffed a punt and then didn't fair catch, took two big hits um and um had the muff obviously um and uh Bowling Green though was only able to put one drive together UCLA's defense again when you're playing a game like this you're just not looking for negatives you're looking to avoid the negatives and I think defensively they did that there wasn't there wasn't really much negative to draw from this game they got pressure um they made Bowling Green's horrible quarterback look horrible um he is horrible um Probably one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen um, in major college football in quite some time. Um, And then UCLA's offense was fine. Uh, They ran the ball okay. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson had one weird interception, but otherwise was pretty good. He had this really great 68-yard touchdown run um, where he got basically no blocking and still made it to the end zone. And uh, UCLA's offensive line, I think, was um, there were some question marks, particularly at right tackle. But uh, otherwise, um, did what they needed to do, one by four touchdowns.
2: Yeah, this was... So we both picked um, Bowling Green to... uh, What was it? 23-point spread. We took Bowling Green. It was 17-7 to Bowling Green. Like, I'm feeling pretty good. We have like a 33-point cushion. And still didn't cover. We still didn't cover this game. I know. Well, the thing
1: is, so I picked it one way on this show, and then I did my preview for the game Mm -hmm. uh, where... I'd done a little bit more research by that point, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change this a little bit. And I literally picked this final score. I picked 45 17. You did? That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, We got someone in the chat, Mr. Apollo. He was there. Uh, He had to represent. So, but it was hot. Yeah. It was, I, you know, I was at the USC game. It was hot. I mean, I was in the uh, air conditioned press box, but just getting to the game, we did like a tailgate and stuff beforehand, too. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely oppressive in Los Angeles. But that was a very sparse crowd. Um, you know, hopefully, you know you got, UCLA's got a couple good out of conference games coming up, <laughs> so get more people in the Rose Bowl. You know, because there's no, no it's students the worst, on campus. It's
1: the worst schedule of all time. <laughs> um This weekend is Alabama State. That'll be fun. Like, it's going to be, a you know, HBCU. Alabama's an
2: amazing program. Like, <laughs> I can't believe Alabama's coming to the Rose Bowl. Awesome. Like, but there's going to be, I mean, be un-
1: unless they pack the stands with, like, a bunch of, like, uh high school kids, like they've done in the past, I mean, it's going to be another, like, 20,000. I think this coming weekend, because there won't be the heat but it's going to potentially be storming rain. it might be the exact same deal <laughs> like, southern californians
2: hate rain more than heat yeah so,
1: yeah just an iron
2: core of ten thousand fans who show up you know it'd be interesting if like ucla was like you know what we could do we could actually pay people if they show up like, <laughs> wouldn't that be a cool thing Make i mean the no the one would ever free. do that obviously Make no the one tickets free no one would ever pay people like To show up or because they showed up, right? Like, that would never happen. But if they did, that would be kind of cool. I mean, it wouldn't look good, I think. Like, obviously, the optics would be pretty terrible. So I'm sure they wouldn't do that. Shouldn't. Absolutely. Do it. They did it. What was the offer? You get 25
1: bucks credit. That was after the fact. Okay. <laughs> they paid them after the fact for showing up. It was a reward, up. not an enticement. I guess all right? they, they saw how many people were there like, this is
2: not going to cost us that much. We were like, oh, free chicken It sandwiches. was a reward, not an inducement, sir. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to our... All the, all the Phoenix talk can now come to a head because no, – no Come to intended. a head. Yeah, yeah, baby. Our number four team. Washington Huskies.
1: Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> uh, Phoenix uh, led Washington 45-20 over Kent State. Uh, I would say my biggest takeaway here beyond Phoenix uh, was that – uh. Phoenix actually looked really good. Uh, That offense uh, is moving. Um, uh, Kalen DeBoer has already made that, has already breathed life back into the Washington uh, offense more than anything else. Um, How many times in this show over the last four years have we talked about how boring and depressing Washington's offense is? How it takes like all this work and all this effort to like throw a four yard pass. And now it's just coming easy again. Like it's just. It's coming easy, and you got to give credit to Penix um, and Deboer. <laughs> uh, but it was—he uh, was really, really good. Um, and then um, running the ball, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy for uh, Wayne Talapapa. Uh, I, I don't know how that one's going to work out long term. Uh, but they threw the ball really, really well. Um, and then defensively. Look, Jimmy Lake's not there anymore. Um, The defense might be a work in progress. Uh, Kent State was moving it uh, pretty well at various points in this game. Um, It was really turnovers that kept Kent State from probably covering this one. Um, But, look, you take the good. And the good is that Washington's offense, for the first time in years, looks like it might be fun to watch.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's another one I feel good about as far as, like, you had a – First time head coach, defensive guy who was not doing the right things, not just with the offense, but with everything with the team last year, and you bring in someone that's really good at their job. Like, was he good at Indiana running an offense? Yes. Was he good at Fresno State running an offense? They beat UCLA. I mean, they they looked really good. Yes. He had Jake Hayner at Fresno State. You're like, Oh, they bring in Michael Penix and you feel like he's gonna be good. Yes. He's a- they work together already in my mind. It's like, okay, you brought someone that's very competent at running an offense to run an offense. And you're going to go from a team that didn't look like they wanted to offense sort of Cal like, and then they will. And so I feel like there was enough talent on this roster. You have a, a coach. That's really good at something. You know, it's funny. Like one of the things, and I've seen this around USC, like if you promote a, an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator to be the head coach, like, you want them to be an uh, usually the coordinator should be elite, right? Not like, well, he's a good leader of men or whatever. Sometimes it works out like I think like a Sweeney was like more of a he's more of like a kind of a CEO. He wasn't really known as like an X and O guy, but he was the interim and it worked out. He's managing the team well. But if you're promoting like, you know, Lincoln Riley at USC was a stud offensive coordinator, you know, you get a guy um, you know, Calen DeBoer, like he was really good at what he is doing. Like those are the guys you want to promote and then you say, okay, well, I know one thing Washington's offense is going to be really freaking good, or you know, very, very competent. And and they were. And I think that's uh, a good thing. This was a 23 and a half point spread. Sneaked it out, so got you know, got the cover here. So uh Dave had Kent State, so I needed this one badly. That's the last game. Uh coaching matters, though. You know, I that's why one of my notes here is it's coaching matters. They're very common on offense. Uh Pennix completed his first, you know, yes. nine of his first 11 passes. And this is what I thought, you know. And they were good enough. They were a good enough team. They were a good enough roster that if you brought in a good coach, they would at least be good on the offensive side of the ball. If you can score points, you can win games. So I feel good about what Washington did. Kent State's Kent State, but just look at them and you're like, oh, they're going to be pretty good. And uh, that's that, and that's my our takeaway. That's why we have them in the top four. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we got so many fuck like funny comments. Uh, Brett, uh, Penix really penetrated Phoenix. the defense. <laughs> Penix, <laughs> uh, Okay, so there's a lot of really fun ones there. Um, they're saying Ryan, say it right. We <laughs> P- did have P- a Phoenix question. Real...
1: Penix is going under center. Um,
2: okay, hold on. I, I need to put this question up because uh, this, I, this is, must be a new user. Brian, have you thought about changing your opening highlights? Miles Jack hasn't been in college for quite a while. Um, okay, so you must be new because we don't – we try to I mean we try to avoid doing work at all possible. Also, so. and
1: I haven't I I don't think I've ever listened to the opening
2: section of the show. Uh, maybe once. You I heard you almost listening to it at the beginning. Yeah, today. and then I quickly, quickly turned it off. Right. Like you of course we're like on the, the mics are hot and you uh but the Reggie Bush is in the like the Matt Leinert's in it too. He hasn't been in college in a while either. That was a long time ago. But that the intro was made for us and that was really nice. We do need to get a video intro made. So we're basically just like a screen, so we need someone to kind of help out with that. We need some help with some of these graphics and stuff. So we're, we're just kind of put this together. I cobbled this together um, to do the show live. And it's good. I mean, I, I feel good. Like, you know, we have like 45 people or 50 people or something watching right now uh, live on a Thursday morning, which kind of cool. So I appreciate you guys all doing that. And we'll try to get, you know, gussy up the graphics a little bit um, and fix all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, let's finish. We got a few more left. Our number three team, we have Oregon State Beavers.
1: The Bees. Yeah. Uh, the reason they're up at number three is not so much that they won 34 17 over Boise State, but because they were up 24 to nothing at halftime. Uh, this was on the verge of being a dominant blowout. Um, it still was a very convincing win. Uh, I think they finished as like a one and a half point favorite in this one after. Um, after the, like the late line moves. Um, so this was expected to be more or less a pick 'em, um, And Oregon State instead turned it into a laugher. Now, caveats. Caveats are important. We got to give out caveats. Uh, Boise State, I don't think is going to be any good this year. Um, and I think Andy Avalos is going to be fired there very quickly because um, they still have expectations. Uh, but I think he's running that program into the ground. Um, and, uh, Hank Bachmeyer the, uh, quarterback for Boise state, uh, who started the game that one of the reasons Avalos should be fired is starting him. Uh, he was horrible, uh, threw two picks, had a fumble, uh, and then Taylor green came in and looked a lot better, uh, running the ball and throwing the ball. It didn't look like Oregon state defensively had a really good answer for him. So that's probably, if you want a concern, if you're an Oregon state fan, it's the way you defended a guy who can run the ball at quarterback. Um, Taylor green was really able to move it, uh. Some of that might just be weren't prepared for it because you were expecting Bachmeier. Uh, Aside from that, though, I would say uh, Oregon State looked really good. Um, I think Chance Nolan, that first half that he put up, I mean, he looked like the best quarterback in the league. He came down to earth in the second half a little bit more. um, Had a couple of weird plays where he didn't look very good, but he still finished uh, with over 10 yards in attempt. Had two interceptions, two touchdowns. Um, The great Jack Coletto was back. I I don't know how many years he's been in college now. It's gotta be seven,
2: right? Um, he's a team captain. I got a picture of him up there. And uh it's it's been a it's been a minute yeah. since
1: he's been in college. He has he, yeah. been he's been there a while. Yeah. Uh he had a touchdown run, um, doing that kind of wildcat package. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Oregon State looked good. Uh a lot of guys ran the ball well. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick had a bad fumble, but otherwise, um, they had a lot of guys running the ball. And um, overall, I would say it was a convincing, very good win over a team that still has quite a bit of talent for the Mountain West.
2: Yeah. Um, this was – oh, man. Unfortunately, we can't put up any more comments. So for whatever reason, we can only do an hour's worth of YouTube comments. So we will we can't put any more up on the screen, but we'll be able to read them and stuff uh, as well. just want to let everyone know that. Uh, as far as the, the game goes, Oregon State's defense – I thought played pretty good. I, I agree with Dave. I don't think Boise is going to be that good. But, you know, they internal hire, you, you know, for a defensive coordinator, you're like, uh, eh. But they looked, it just looked more aggressive. It looked like they were like a competent defense, which a lot of times last year uh, they weren't. We both got this one right. Uh, you know, they covered easily. Um, nothing going for Boise State in the first half. I mean, they really got nothing going. Uh, This is the first season opening win for Oregon State since 2015. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if they're going to be like a nine win kind of team. And I think I predict them to go like 10 and two or whatever. Um, But I feel good about this was one of those ones you got to get early. You're still embarrassed
1: about that. And you're still trying to walk it back even after watching them beat Boise State by seven. No,
2: I'm not trying to walk it back. Like if if I picked it now, I'd probably still go like
1: sheepishly. You're like 10
2: and two. Commit to it. Own uh, it. Go beaves ten and two. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I obviously it's a team that looks good. Uh they looked good out there. This is a really good win. The Pack have had some crap losses. Arizona's win against San Diego State. It's a good win. This is a good win against Boise State. The, you know, the problem is the, the wins at the top didn't come, but the these are teams that have given Pac-12 fits in years past. And so, you know, kudos to the Biebs, uh for a big win there.
1: Uh, short Round has a good comment. Oh. Mom, can we have Miles Jack? We have Miles Jack at home, honey. Miles Jack at home, Jack Coletto.
2: <laughs> that is a good comment. I wish I could have put that one up. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's go to our number two team. USC Trojans.
1: So many USC fans just are listening to this and rioting right now. They're like, no, we're number one, baby, because we beat up on a staple food. Mm. 66-14, beat up on rice. Um I got this one right. I, I yeah. never pick USC to
2: cover big spreads. Okay, but the reason, you, you, got the, it the wrong. reason you got it right is because how many pick sixes were there in this game? Three. Three. Pac, Pac-12 record. Three, three pick, pick, sixes, pick sixes, sixes is why you covered uh, otherwise it would they have would been. have scored every other time uh-huh. they put once and it was when the backups came in. Yeah, whatever.
1: Um, no, but if rice had foolishly uh, had decided they weren't trying to win the game, but instead were just trying to work out their offense, they would have kept running the ball instead of throwing it. Hmm. Uh, rice was actually moving the ball pretty well on the ground uh, early, early. And then uh, I don't know what they were thinking, uh, deciding to throw the ball in the middle stretches of this game, but they did. And uh, each time it went to a USC defender, um, USC, uh, their offense looked, uh, exactly as terrifying as, um, everyone wished it wouldn't.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> so that sucked. Uh, Caleb Williams only threw three incompletions. Miller Moss only threw one incompletion. Combined, uh, somehow the team threw an incompletion. Who knows? ESPN stats are fucked up. Um, but uh, running the ball, it was just insane. Uh, it seemed like everybody they handed the ball to, including the quarterbacks, just, you know, okay, here's, here's 10 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, how much can you take from a game against Rice? I guess that's the one solace uh, the um, rest of the Pac-12 can take is that um, it's, it's still just a, a staple food.
2: It is. Uh, I think it's the same thing where you look at a team that, like, okay, you think they're going to be better. Do you, do you, do you, you should have blown out Rice, and you blow out Rice. And that's it's what Arizona State did. It's what USC did. You hadn't seen the kind of assemblance. You, know, you, you put this roster together in an interesting way. There's a lot of great pieces. Hey, it's Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison Are they going to be on the same page? Yeah, okay. Two touchdowns between the you know, two touchdown passes. Like, yeah, okay, that made sense. Um, you bring in like Travis Dye, who did, didn't score a touchdown, but he, you know, he uh, did a really good job in the uh, you know, pass protection, blitz pickup stuff. Austin Jones scores a couple touchdowns. Rayleigh Brown, the freshman, looked really electric. Um, they spread the ball around. I think twelve different guys caught passes. You mentioned, you know, the the three pick sixes, four interceptions total. Um, they had some defensive problems early on, and then they looked better. They they only gave up one first down in the whole second half. So yeah, I think it's you look at it like yeah, that's what you should have done. The, the thing with USC, they would have been as, you know, the talent disparity between what USC was in the past and Rice would be about the same, and they would still, you know, it would be 24 17. And this was not. This was 66 14. And that's what you should have done. Um, the general feeling is okay, this looks like it's a competent team. Obviously, it'll be a bigger test this weekend when they play Stanford. But uh, that's just how I kind of wanted to see it- the roster together. And um, is, is this really. The operation of death star
0: that blast came from the death star that thing's operational
1: what happened to the death star
0: through
1: you. what happened to the death star at the end of those movies i can't remember every
2: single one it gets blown up right it's just it's almost like the wildy coyote like, yeah it's like you just
1: uh, here's here's just a note for the rest of the pac 12 Terrell bynum and brendan rice combined for one catch for five yards mm. yeah they would have been the number one receivers for their teams this year yeah, if they hit state, I'm curious
2: to see they cut kind of, like Tosh Washington got really involved in this one. Um, he was like the leading receiver as far as yards go. Uh, I I think Rice will Brennan Rice will play a bigger role. I'm not sure about Bynum, but I've heard a lot of good things about Bynum. He's been you know he's a it could have been veteran it, leader. It could have been Rice on Rice. I, that's what we wanted to see a little yeah, Rice yeah. on Rice. Yeah, yeah. But Caleb Williams looks like a stud. Like he had three incompletions. One was a drop. The the headline one was a throwaway and one was like Mario Williams caught the ball, but it was like foot was just out of bounds. Like he was almost
1: perfect. We needed a big Brendan Rice touchdown, so it could have been Rice Cook's
2: Rice. Rice Cook's well, but I mean it would be all the pick sixes, but three pick sixes was crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing that doesn't fourth, happen that often. The fourth interception,
2: I was like, pick, but no six. Like, oh whatever, you know. Okay. Uh, we got now our number one team is this weird that our number one team hasn't won a game yet but our number one team is Utah Utes all
1: right here's the thing so it's because of your stupid narrative building that people are taking like the wrong message from this one because here's the deal Utah looked good in this game they looked good Florida looks good Florida is now a top 10 team like Florida looked good in this game. They look like a good SEC team. They look like a team that's going to cause problems in the SEC and potentially be like a top two team in the East. Um, So like going in there and losing by three when your quarterback throws a pick in the end zone at the very end of the game after driving downfield, that's as close as you get to a coin flip loss as you can possibly get in college football. And you're going to lose games like that occasionally while still being a really, really damn good team, which is what I think Utah is. Um, Cam Rising, aside from that one pick, looked really good in this game. Uh, they ran the ball really well against an SEC defense with at least one dude. Did you did you see that SEC defensive tackle? The guy was a monster. That there's huge some big, big, um, big boys down But there. there was just, I mean, they ran the ball really well. Um, I would say defensively, there's com- some concerns for sure. Uh, Florida was able to run the ball way too easily, Um, and Anthony Richardson's really good, but um, they were able to run the ball way too easily. Um, But those are all things that are correctable, and Florida has a bunch of talent. Uh, Their quarterback is going to be a a pretty high pick in the NFL draft after this year. So I think everyone who's like, oh, God, this means Utah's not very good— taken the exact wrong lesson from this because of your stupid narrative building, Ryan,
2: my narrative, building.
1: your narrative building about this game impacted this, everyone's assessment.
2: It is. This is the the worst loss for the Pac-12 oh possible. Um, I thought Cameron Rising was okay. He wasn't as good as I thought. That was a really bad interception. You're down inside the five. You can tie the game with a field goal. You don't need to force something in there. He did. It gets picked off. And you lose. This was the, you know, he completes that pass. Go, they go to overtime. I can cover this game. This was the deciding <laughs> factor.
1: Uh, I love how much of this is just based on your personal resentments about having not covered.
2: They should have covered this game. They actually scored. Like, he scored. Uh,
1: so he did score on third down. He scored or they, on they, third down. They needed to at least review that.
2: Right. That was, uh, yeah, that wasn't good. Um, th- you know, but a couple trips inside the six-yard line and not scoring, that's not good. Uh, that, that should have been reviewed, but Anthony Richardson just, he's a freaking, he's like Cam Newton, basically, uh, the, the, the Florida quarterback, a lot, we heard a lot about him, uh, what is he going to look like as advertised or or better? I mean, he was just great, um, to get, you know, I think it was twice as either one. They didn't get anything out of that was crazy. Uh, they, they didn't even like their flight coming home, got like the mechanical issues on the plane. Like things just went wrong. And to to David's point, a lot of things went wrong in this game, and they were still almost one. They were you know? one
1: throw away from at least tying it and potentially winning the game in regulation. Yeah,
2: just a throw that just was incomplete. Then you tie the game. Not yeah, you know you don't you you can't throw the interception there. That's you throw it to the stands or whatever. But that's why I still think Utah's a really good team. Uh, I'm not change like that's not cha- like I agree with your assessment. Utah's really good. A lot of shit just went wrong. Things didn't go their way. And that's just like okay, so you end up losing this game, but I feel like this is a really important result for the Pac-12, and it's bad for the Pac-12. And in a fourteen playoff world, yeah, like Oregon getting blown out like that, like this, you know, you played two games in the SEC country and lost both, and so I think the the narrative on the Pac-12 is going to be worth a, worth a crap is is just gone. I don't think they're going to think much about the Pac-12 now because of this game. But Who's I still they think and you, why do we care? Because we're we're not this insular thing on the West Coast. Like we actually exist in the entire landscape of college. Here's football. the
1: thing: if Utah rips off eleven straight wins and Florida looks as good as they looked in this game, Florida's going to be a nine and three team probably in the SEC. It's not going to be a bad loss. Like it's just not going to. be. Yeah. Bad. So Utah will have won like eleven straight at that. Like, look, what Florida could have I, a really po- good. My the, point is Utah. I think still to a large extent controls its own destiny. Obviously, there are circumstances where the Pac-12 could get shut out of the playoff. and a, a one-loss Pac-12 team could get shut out of the playoff, but it requires a lot of other leagues going undefeated, like it requires a champion going undefeated, which doesn't happen as often as you think. So I still think Utah has a, a decent enough chance. It obviously wasn't ideal, but nothing that happens in week one makes or breaks a league.
2: Mm, disagree. Broke the league. That's done. <laughs> League broken. All right, let's. Uh, that's our recap. Holy oh, uh, we've got
1: breaking news in the chat. Queen Elizabeth II dead.
2: Did she pass away?
1: That's that's the that's the that's the word.
2: She's never returned my text, so I assume. I don't know. Maybe it's wrong.
1: fake news. I don't see it. I don't see it.
2: Uh, I mean, I saw that she was hospitalized this morning or something. So I, I assume that's the thing. But uh, R.I.P. to Queen Elizabeth. All yes. right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, preview next week. My break was good. How was your break, David? It was great. Nice. Great. Um, okay. Well, she now is we, dead. She is. She's yeah, passed she away. Uh, how old was she? She was like uh, old as hell. Ninety-six. Ninety-six. That's a lot. Um, yeah, that's a lot of years. But yeah, I mean, I don't know much. I, I'm not a big royal family uh, person. I don't know much about it. But she seemed like a a good human being. So a lot know. of bodies
1: on that monarchy. A lot of a lot of a lot of death and destruction. Oh, you're gonna do, do okay. We're gonna go For there. Saying.
2: All right. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, All right. Let's get to our game previews. Uh, All Saturday games this week, right, I believe?
1: Yep. Nothing early.
2: So we're going to go through in the order of which they will be played uh, this time. And we're going to do our picks against the spread. Before we do that, um, the survival pool, we have to talk a little bit about that. So last week, you and I both picked Stanford. This week, we both picked Stanford california so we're staying we're we're on the same lines at least for right now thanks to uh we got the the tabulation uh matthew does an awesome job with that so thank you for doing that we have um it's a little bit of like kind of breaking news um we have we, we have to give out a gift card for sure a jockey gift card we have our podcast of champions listener of the century okay there's an award. We should have waited till hour and fifteen minutes in the show to talk about Mark Mark S. To be specific. So we had uh, like hundred I don't know two hundred people something like that enter the the picks the you know that survival pool. Only three people didn't advance because three quarters of them picked Stanford, and so and then some of, some other teams were picked. Two people picked Utah. which I get that's just a tough one a road game in the swamp. But you know you
1: get people picking Utah at Florida with a
2: three point spread. I don't get it. Like Utah's gonna get some wins down the road. Like that's you don't need to get Utah out of the way. Like I, I don't know why you pick Utah. Whatever. You picked Utah in the first week. Maybe you don't understand how the survival pool works. You just pick the team you think is the best or something. I'm not sure. But there's one team that you definitely should not have picked. And Mark S did it and paid the price. Uh he picked Colorado. We had one person. Wow. Pick Colorado. Mark, wherever you are, I need you to email us the show. I will send you a gift card to Jockey. They're supposed to be on the way. As soon as I get one, I will send it your way. You are the POC listener of the year for picking So he was
1: probably going, Gal- he was going Galaxy Brain because he was thinking, look, Colorado doesn't have a win on the schedule that I can see. TCU might be bad. I'm going to get this one out of the way, and then I've got that under my belt. No one else can pick Colorado the rest of the year because they're going to lose every other game. I'm going to get the one win. That's what he was thinking.
2: I mean, okay, so at Air Force, at Minnesota, I guess if you have to pick Colorado in an out-of-conference game, you pick the home one. But would you rather? I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's yeah, real, really bad one. You're really thinking, like, because if you're worried about week 12 taking Colorado against whatever, like Utah, like, okay, when do I got to sneak Colorado in? I'm going to try to sneak them in week one no I, I yeah but you are the pack 12 i mean you, you embody listener, what the pack 12 yes. what the pack 12 podcast is listener of the century the incompetence level is as high as ever so i'm just you are the listener of century sorry i didn't run that by dave i just thought he would agree absolutely okay uh what let's go to our first game we've got utah Utes. this is against uh southern utah what
1: the hell are the southern utah uh they're the Thunderbirds. Yeah, so it's sort of like a.
0: Mm.
1: You like it? Yeah, I like that. Or should He's it be thunder it. first? <laughs> nice.
2: Is that good? Yeah. Which one was better? Uh, the first one was better. Okay. Didn't blow out the the mic.
1: Hey, I was I was stood a little bit further back. Nice. And by stood, I mean sat. As I do, uh, this is on at ten thirty a.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Southern Utah traveling to number thirteen, Utah. Uh, I I feel like number thirteen, Utah, is going to take out some biblical fury. Is it biblical? Should be Book of Mormonical. <laughs> they'll, they'll take out some fury of some religious variety, some fervor. Okay, uh, on uh, Southern Utah. Um, but will they do it to the tune of forty-five and a half points? Yeah. Because that's our spread on this one. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they're gonna blow them out, but I don't think it's gonna be 45 and a half points. So I'll take Southern Utah plus the points. That's
2: just that's that's too many way points. too many points. And like, are you like this is a you know a, a team in your own state? Are you really gonna want to like blow them the F out? I don't know, maybe. Um, I got a little notes from the Pac 12. Uh Utah's won twenty six consecutive non con home games, so probably gonna win this one. Third longest active streak in the FPS. Uh, last time they lost was Boise State, and it was bad, 36 to 3 back in 2006. And their average, uh, they have scoring 37.2 points per game during that streak, and the average margin of victory is 22.2. So I don't know about 45 and a half. I think that's just too many points. So I will go with Southern Utah as well. Toads. Uh, next up, we've got Washington State Cougars. <laughs>
1: All right, this is 1230 on Big Fox Washington State going at number 19 Wisconsin. Badger, 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 Badger. Snaky. Snaky. Badger 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 Badger. Um The Badgers are favored by 17 and a half points. Okay, so what we saw from Washington State in week one is a team that's not very good. However, uh they were Probably looking ahead to this one would be my guess. Um, these are the sorts of rationalizations you make. Uh, we haven't really seen Wisconsin yet in a real game. They played Illinois State in week one. Uh, shut them out, 38 Um It's a home game, Washington State. 17.5 is a lot, but I'm still going to take Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, sorry, Washington State. I just can't. Like, I feel like the comeback... You could turn around can happen. The game one, game two thing is going to have to happen, but you're struggling with Idaho. Like this is Wisconsin on the road. Camp Randall jump around all that stuff. Badger, 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 badger. I don't think, um, Renard bell, the wide receiver for, for Washington state, Dave, he had a touchdown pass on Saturday against Idaho. He's now caught a touchdown from seven different quarterbacks. Pretty cool. Huh? That is pretty cool. Um, dating back to 2006, uh, Darren Carrington, it's the only other Pac-12 receiver to c- catch seven passes, a TZ passes from seven different quarterbacks for Oregon and then for Utah as well. So he was on different teams. Um, and then he's got uh, – Bells had total – caught a pass from nine different quarterbacks during his time in Pullman, but seven touchdowns. So that was kind of cool one. Yep. So thanks to the Pac-12 for that note. Uh, all right, we're going to stick with the same – so we'll probably start at 0-2 again, right? Because we're agreeing on the first two games. True. The, okay. yeah. yeah. Here's one I will probably agree on.
1: Colorado Buffalo. 12.30 p.m. on CBS. Uh, Colorado traveling to the United States Air Force Academy. Uh, these are the Falcons. So Car! Car! I can only do crows. That's it. Um <laughs> Uh, The Air Force Academy, the United States Air Force, is favored by 17 and a half points. Mm. I have no idea if Air Force is any good. None. None Mm. whatsoever. Give me Air Force.
2: Yeah. How could I? No. Like, no.
1: We must have the courage of our convictions. And one of our convictions is that Colorado may be one of the worst teams (sighs) in college football history.
2: Right. Um, Now, maybe they start... JT Stroud, uh, I, I don't know. This is on the road, um, but here's how her, here, here
1: I stand. I can do no other. I am the Martin Luther of thinking
2: Colorado is butt. So since 2017, the Buffs are five and seventeen on the road, including zero and five last <laughs> year. Uh, they're combined 32 thirty-two, nine and one all time on the road versus in-state Division one teams, which Air Force would be. Um, they're 5-1 at Air Force, but I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, this, I don't know much about Air Force either. I can't, with a good conscience, pick Colorado uh, in this game. So give me Air Force. Uh, go Falcons or whatever. There, Yeah, go Falcons. Um, sorry, we feel bad because the Buffs, we yeah, like the Buffs. I
1: love the Buffs, but I, I think there's going to be so bad. Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. Okay. Next up, we've got California Golden Bears. This is a one PMer again on a Pac-12 regional network. Uh, the UNLV running Rebels. Um. Oh, there's pee running down my leg. I'm running from the Union. They're gonna kill us. Uh, taking on the California Bears. Uh, Cal is a 13 point favorite over UNLV. Mm. Uh, in Berkeley. Um. UNLV in week one, uh, uh, pasted Idaho State. Yeah. Uh, last year, UNLV was horrible. Yes. Two and ten. Um,
2: all these really, big number, all these yeah, big
1: spreads, really, really bad. Uh, I got to take Cal here. Yeah. Thirteen points is uh, that's 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 not enough.
2: I think they can beat them by a couple touchdowns. Uh, yeah. So yeah, give me Cal. I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, and we'll roll from there. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, let me give you your Cal stat. Um, do you know how many turnovers Cal committed last year? How many? Just 10. It was the second fewest in the Pac-12. Six games. Half the time they didn't commit a turnover. So uh, three games with just one. They are 21-13 and 13 under Justin Wilcox when committing one or fewer turnovers. So I wow. think, think they don't turn the ball over. They cover the spread. They turn the ball over a couple of times. They probably won't cover the spread. There you go. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got Washington Huskies. Another 1PMer on a regional Pac-12
1: network, uh, Portland State Vikings. I'm Uhtred, son of Uhtred, Uhtred of Bebemba. <laughs> uh, taken on Washington. That was a little Last Kingdom reference for everyone
2: out there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know what that is.
1: Uh, this is uh, Washington. Uh, Washington's a 28.5 point favorite. Uh, Portland State's uh, classically a pretty good FCS school. Um.
2: however Washington's going to pace them by more than that so give me Washington I feel like this is because if Washington was favored because they have a lot of talent but they had like a Jimmy Lake offense kind of thing you're like no there's no way this is going to be a off, uh, Washington offense that's just scores a bunch of points the backups are going to score points and I think they cover this one um, fairly easily okay next up we've got oh wait let me give you your Washington stat sorry I got all these good stats Michael Penix became the first Washington quarterback with 300 Phoenix. yards passing, four touchdowns in his first Phoenix. game with the team since? Jake Browning. No. Which Jake? Jacob Eason <laughs> in 2019 versus Eastern Washington. Jake Penix. Second straight year for a, Pac- a Pac-12 quarterback has accomplished his feat with Jackson Dart against Washington State last year. So 300 300- – Plus yards and four touchdowns. I think that's why they end up covering the spread. All right. Next up, we got UCLA Bruins.
1: All right. This is on at 2 p.m. Uh, on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, Alabama State, FCS school, the Hornets. I don't know. Does that work? Mm, sure. You like that? Uh, going to UCLA to take on the Bruins. Um, here's what I'll say about Alabama state. Alabama state is one of the worst FCS schools. They're not good. Um, UCLA should be respectful and not cover the 50 and a half point spread. And I'm going to bet on them not doing so.
2: Same. Um, I mean, I can't imagine at UCLA scoring 50 in this one.
1: No, they shouldn't like what they should do is win a solid five touchdown game and call it a day. Like, right. Put in the third string guys. Cause it's just,
2: you know, you're not, tr- yeah.
1: You're not trying to set records against ASU, this ASU. So the, other ASU will blow them out by seven. So this game
2: happened because UCLA ducked Michigan or something. Is that what? Ha- is that what's the deal?
1: Uh, yeah. So Michigan, <laughs> Michigan, uh, ducked the game. Uh, not UCLA. No, it was Michigan that backed ahead, out. Yeah. Uh, I will kill you. <laughs> um, Michigan backed out, and though. so uh, Martin Jarmond uh, decided, okay, well, we 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 have a tough time filling that spot, so let's do it with. Something cool. Uh, do the HBCU thing, which, fine. I respect it. Uh, the SES thing was like a little feather in the cap for Notre Dame, USC, and UCLA. Notre Dame and UCLA are both doing it. Uh, USC caved under fan pressure not to do it. Um, but, so, yeah, they're breaking the streak with an HBCU, which will be cool. Um, but you got to be respectful. Don't, don't beat them by uh, 60.
2: Yeah. Uh, UCLA, I don't know if you know this. Last year... Uh, when they ran for 200 yards plus, 8-0. Under 200 yards, 0-4. Ah, Interesting.
1: Yeah, it correlates with playing good teams versus bad teams.
2: Yeah. Uh, so they've run for at least 100 yards in 20 straight games. That's pretty good. 15-400 Chip Kelly when he ran 200 yards plus. So I'm sure they're going to run for all of the yards in this one, but just try to keep out of the end zone a few times. Uh, all right, now we got the, the big one, the first Pac-12 matchup of the 2022 football season. We have
1: USC Trojans
2: on the road to taking on Stanford Cardinal. All right, this is uh, at
1: 4.30 p.m. on ABC, number 10, USC traveling to Stanford. Always a weird one every single year, um, and it seems like Vegas is uh, once again predicting a weird one. Uh Stanford is only an 8-point dog uh in this game. Um we are on the record as thinking Stanford is still booty. Um and USC uh their offense looked uh gangbusters against Rice. Um Rice and Stanford weirdly enough uh run a similar offense uh because of their uh, uh, lineages. Um I got to go so here's the thing my instinct is USC wins this game by 38 not 8 right but I have to like go with history like there's a little bit of me that's like well the history of this is that Stanford always weirdly wins a game will this be one of the Stanford games that they weirdly win and I just can't see it so give me USC I don't feel great about it
2: Uh I feel really I feel pretty confident about this one How confident
1: um, did you feel last year about USC Stanford
2: I mean it was like a weird USC team, so I don't like. Yeah, I just didn't. thought Stanford was terrible. Yeah, I know. I this know. This is not I, a terrible USC team. I'm There's with
1: you. A, I'm with you. I think USC should blow them out. I think they should, but it's just Stanford's always weird. They beat Oregon last year. Why did that happen?
2: Um, yeah. Well, because uh, the the offensive coordinator was sick. <laughs> he didn't go. <laughs> um, yeah. I know. Stanford could do some weird stuff, but this is not going to be it. Um, this is. They're not. So I think Stanford's receiver core is better. Uh, I think they could, you know, the defense will be okay, but they're just not going to be able to. Like, Kyru Brukelly is like amazing cornerback, but he can lock up one receiver. He can't lock up all of them. So I think USC is just going to score too many points in this one. So um, Stafford wins those games where they can kind of get out ahead of you and just sort of like, you know, boa constrictor strangle you and stuff. Right. I just think USC is going to just track meet it. And then, um, I mean, USC had 58 offensive plays against Rice and scored 66 right. points. Now there was but they just were very efficient. So okay, uh fun facts, USC's three interceptions return for touchdowns was a school record and a Pac-12 single game record. Four Pac-12 schools have done that though. So the last time the last time it happened was Arizona State against UCLA in 2008, three pick-sixes against the Bruins. Uh for Stanford, EJ Smith that 87-yard touchdown run that you talked about he's Emmett Smith's kid It was tied for the fifth longest in school Stanford history. Uh, Nathaniel Pete did an 87-yarder last year in week 2 against USC. Um Emmett Smith has the longest run in Florida football history which was 96 yards against Mississippi State in 1988. So a little family legacy there. Okay. Next up we've got Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs>
1: This is another 4.30 game. A lot of just cross-pollination of Pac-12 teams and good games at the same time. Um, 4.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Arizona State traveling to Stillwater, Oklahoma to take on the number 11. Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeehaw! Um, Oklahoma State's a... What did I have in 11-point favorite. 11-point favorite. Um, so this one really comes down to how much of a believer you are in ASU. Uh, after that opening game and I'm just not ready to get there. Um I think Oklahoma State is a better program, better team. They always have an offense. ASU, if if ASU I'll be prepared to go ASU after this game if they're respectable. They don't even have to win, but just be respectable. Yes. But I think Oklahoma State um wins by three touchdowns.
2: If Arizona State covers, I'm definitely gonna be a bigger, bigger believer in the Sun Devils, but I can't I can't go there yet. Um so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I don't like that we're picking all the same stuff. I kind of want to switch something, but um, I'm not switching this one. Uh, I, You know, you got to have to prove me wrong. I didn't like Arizona State's chances going in more competent than we thought in week one, which is great, but this is going to be on the road against a, you know, number 11 team in the country. So, I, yeah, I don't think this one's going to be that close. Hopefully I'm wrong for the Pac-12. And we kind of move on there. Arizona State, it'll be the fourth straight year that the first road game is against a ranked opponent. Uh, three road wins against a ranked opponent under Herm. So that's pretty good, you know. Uh, they had three total from 2003 to 2017 road wins against ranked teams. Herm's got three of them. Um, it's fifth most uh, in FBS during that time period. So this would be another one if they could get a, a road win, early road win against a ranked team. Uh, all right, we got a couple more and we'll be done Next up, we've got... Oregon Ducks. All
1: right, so this game is an interesting one for me. Uh, 5.30 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, uh, Eastern Washington. It's, again, some sort of bird. Eagles? Caw! Caw! I've got nothing else. <laughs> crows? I've got Eastern Washington nothing crows. else for birds. Um, <laughs> we'll take on Oregon uh, Pac-12 network. Um so Oregon is only a 20-point favorite in this game. Hmm. And was Easter
2: Washington any good last year? Or?
1: They're historically one of the best FCS programs. And this year, uh, Bill Connolly's numbers have them as uh, the seventh best team in the FCS. Wow. Um, hmm. I'm taking Eastern Washington. Wow. I'm taking them to cover this. Uh, I So Land Danning was quoted this week as saying that they had a horrible practice on Wednesday, which can go one of two ways. When the coach does that and they're like an experienced guy, I'm thinking, oh, they're, he's motivating his team. He wants to light a fire under their butts to blow a team out. But I don't know. He's just a 36-year-old guy who may or may not have ever coached a defense before in his life. He, he doesn't have really good coaches. Um, it could be kind of bad news bears up there. So I'm going to lean on that, and I'm going to go Eastern Washington here.
2: My Every fiber of my being is saying, take Eastern Washington. And I I remember these some some Oregon ones where you're like, "Oh, they're not going to cover," and then they do, or like, "Wow, Oregon's going to cover." Like
1: Eastern Washington's super competent, dude.
2: They are. Um Don't they have like Tosh Lapoy like calling defenses and stuff? <laughs> yeah, dude. They oh, hired yeah. they hired
1: Tosh Lapoy as their defensive coordinator.
2: <laughs> you recruit the hell out of everybody well cuz cuz
1: Land Danning can handle the defense because of his 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 experience under Kirby Smart. Land Danning was a GA in 2015. Like that's how recently he Damn was it. just the guy
2: holding a clipboard. Okay. Eastern Washington. Uh <laughs> I was just, I really want to pick Oregon. And I'm going to it's going to kick I'm just gonna, you know. But if that was the only way we did differently and I lose cuz I've like <laughs> that would have been I've been really pissy. They they screwed me last week. Like I'm not taking them the Yeah, I'm not Yeah, I'm not going to feel bad about that. All right. Uh, Two more left. Oregon State Beavers. Oh, wait. I got to forget the Oregon thing. Oregon's won 19 home games, straight home games, third longest active streak in FBS. Uh, 28 straight non-conference home games. That's second longest streak. And 11 straight non-conference games over non-SEC opponents. (laughs) So
1: How'd they do on Wednesdays in the fall when it rains?
2: (laughs) Just a... You, you 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 getting mad at my stats here?
1: <laughs> um, Seven thirty p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Oregon State uh, traveling to Fresno State, so it's that Mountain West road game, which I think you should always be nervous about. Fresno State, the Bulldogs. What did I do last week? Like,
0: <laughs>
1: like just some weird noises because Bulldogs are horrible fucked up animals. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Oregon State is a one-point favorite on the road. This opened, interestingly enough, as a Fresno State, uh, by one and a half points. The line has moved towards Oregon State. Yes, I this is the this is one where I'm I'm out to see a little bit because I think Fresno State's going to be good this year. Um, they have the do they still have the great Jake Hayner?
2: They have Jake Hayner. Um, he did not come to uh Washington. Yeah, um, so that's why they had to get Michael Penix
1: phoenix uh oregon state has though the great uh chance slash chase nolan um
2: oregon state was really good on the road last year right no they weren't oh no give me fresno state really yeah all right i'm gonna go i'm going with the beaves i'm taking oregon state one point whatever it doesn't matter uh no i think they're gonna be there's no way they're gonna be as you know, the ten—I got to go all in the ten and two, right? So they got to go on the road and beat Fresno State. I think they will uh, go Beeves again. And for Oregon State, they've averaged nineteen point five yards per completion on Saturday against Boise State. It was Oregon State's highest single game yards per completion since two thousand six, uh, which was twenty two yards per completion versus Washington. Out of the fifteen total passes completed, six of them for, went for at least twenty five yards. Big play offense. Goals on the road. Tough place to play. That's gonna be a huge game. Uh I've been to games in Fresno when it's like big game like that. They go crazy. This is not gonna be an easy environment. When it's big sure.
1: game like that or a big game? with it's
2: like a, that? a big game. Okay. Um, yes. So, but I gotta I gotta take the beeves Uh, and I'll feel good about it. All right, last one. Arizona Wildcats. <laughs>
1: This is an eight PMer on FS1. The Mississippi State Bulldogs. All right. You like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I could. Hear, I could hear the inbreeding. <laughs> uh, tra- the F up DNA
1: that they have. Uh, traveling to <laughs> Tucson to take on the great Arizona Wildcats. Uh, Arizona, somehow, someway, is a 10.5-point dog in this game. I don't understand that. This is the Arizona Wildcats. The
2: Arizona Wildcats. We have Arizona so many Wildcats. Arizona Wildcat fans on our podcast feed.
1: Taking on some shit from Starkville? Mm. Mississippi? Are you kidding? Yeah. Arizona versus Mississippi State? Where even is that? Who cares? Who, who's the coach? It can't be anyone good, right? No. Don't even look it up. Who cares? <laughs> Give me Arizona, baby. Me too. Give me, give me them straight up. I
2: love it. Arizona to win. Arizona to win. Um, yeah, I don't know about the winning, but I think it's <laughs> eleven points <laughs> is good. Uh, short round says Arizona's Mike Leach's Achilles heel. Go Wildcats. Yeah, no, I, I yeah.
1: That, Leach uh, some- so after the after the bulldog noise, Anthony said that sounds how David eats at a buffet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Jacob Cowing's three receiving touchdowns for San Diego State were the most by a player in their Pack fi- uh, pac Five debut, a uh, Power Five debut, since Michael Crabtree had three in back in uh, September of 2007, 15 years to the day. So 15 years before uh, Jacob Cowing did it, uh, Michael Crabtree did it. So that's pretty good company. His 152 yards were also the most in a single game by a Wildcat since Caleb Jones. Had that many in 2015. So uh, little notes from L- around the Pac-12. Y- love your notes. Do you like those? Thanks yeah. to the pac See, I, I did a little hobnobbing with some of the Pac-12 people at Media Day. And I uh, got on this list now. I'm getting some notes. They have really extensive notes about the matchups. But they're like long for each game. I'm like, I can't go into that much detail for each game. They're so. longer than what you're reading? Oh no! I mean, there's like a more than a page for every like. This is all the Colorado stuff. This is all the Air. Uh, so these uh, are your curated notes. Air Force. These are just like called out notes from whatever. But there's matchup notes mm. that are very extensive. Ah. And I have not gone through those, which I probably should, because it would probably make my picks better. Uh, we only have one pick that's different, the Oregon State game. So that's bad. Should we switch? Should I switch something just to be different? What is it with you? What? Just
1: go with your gut. Okay. Your gut, your gut is not going to lead you astray.
2: It it very much has. Never. Why would it? <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we got to jump into questions, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're at the uh, hour and forty-one minute mark. So Are why not? Really? Holy cow! Yeah. Uh,
2: I've definitely so for this show that I get not paid for. And uh, oh, we do have a sponsor this time. I've missed uh, Lincoln Riley's press conference. So. <laughs> Like literally the co- the team that I cover, like he has a press conference. You won't be
1: able to do an instant analysis of what he said at the press conference.
2: I won't be able to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, it might not even happened yet. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we're. I, I'm going to retweet it like that thing right now. Uh, first question we got is from David. He says, uh, "Hi Ryan and Dave, great contest. I found picking whoever was playing Stanford or Colorado." could work. So he's talking about our survival pool. So picking whoever's playing Stanford or Colorado could work for all but one of the conference games. Next year, try limiting the number of times you can use a losing team. Now that requires skill. By the way, if Colorado can't beat Air Force, I am screwed by week two. Um, I'm not sure what he means by that. So basically he's saying, when we get a conference play, just pick whoever's playing Stanford or Colorado.
1: Yeah. Every week. So, yeah, this yeah is, so, so this is so this week you pick you
2: you'd have to pick USC this
1: week. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you're if you're finding yourself picking Colorado at any point this season, you're doing this game
2: wrong. Or there, you're there an or lead. you're 11 and 0.
1: No, you're yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> you're going so galaxy-brained, like you're just like, oh well, I've got to do this because in week 11, who who's everyone's going to pick? We're not getting to week 11, guys. Right. Like, and if we are, everyone's going to be in the same.
2: Boat but he's anyway. saying pick whoever they're playing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's right. We could probably do a, a version of this where it's the losers' league, where you can only pick losers every
2: week. Or you you can't pick, like opponent, like you can't. Oh, you've already picked Colorado to be the opponent twice. You can't because do that because
1: picking winners in Pac-12 plays a lot easier than picking losers. Yeah, because of all the weird games, all the weird stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. All right. This is from Frank. Mystery solved. Hey, you boys. I found out what happened to Hithlidae. He ran off with the Dewey Decimal System Registrar from the James J. Hill Reference Library. He's living in Athens writing a book on obscure word roots and Greek mythology. Frank in Sacramento. P.S. Greek meaning. The name Hithlidae is a Greek baby name. In Greek origin, the meaning of uh, the name Hithlidae is speaker of nonsense, expert in nonsense.
2: We haven't heard from Hithlidae for a while. No, I don't know if Hithlidae is a listener anymore. Yeah, I mean, he might just got tired of us. I would get it. Yeah, I, I get it too. Uh, from our buddy, John and Brea, you of a dear Ryan and Dave, given the Vegas over under of two and a half wins for the wildcats was betting the over the easiest money in sports betting this year, bear down John and Brea.
1: Honestly. Yes. I, I think that was one of the most obvious ones because I don't think so. A lot of the analytic systems, just my, um, General sense is that they're not incorporating the transfer portal stuff enough into how they're calculating things, especially a transfer quarterback, transfer impact wide receiver, like just the things that they got in the portal to address their needs this year. Like suddenly they have one of the top half passing attacks in the league because they have a quarterback and two receivers who are all really good. Um, So this was an obvious one preseason.
2: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Uh, This is from Chase. Carl Durrell. Hey, guys. Hopeless Colorado fan here. Uh, The last time I asked you both a question, it was about whether or not Mitch Rodriguez was the worst assistant coach in the history of college football, and clearly things have not gotten much better for the Buffs since then. Today's question is more for David, seeing how he has some previous experience here. I think now it's clear that Brendan Lewis just isn't a Power 5 QB, and the little we have seen of JT Shrout suggests he's probably a better option. What I'm wondering is if you think Carl will make a switch uh, or if his boring, risk-averse nature will make him play Lewis longer than he should, thanks and, as always, keep up the good work. Chase, uh, his boring, risk-averse nature has already made him play Lewis longer than he should. Hmm. Uh, Longer than he should was any snaps in the second half of that game on Saturday, and he did that. I wouldn't put it past him to start him again this week Um, or start Shrout and, at the first sign of adversity, bring in Lewis and, thus, destroy the confidence of two quarterbacks at once. Um, he's a bad head coach. I, I think I can definitively say now, you know, I was, I was hoping, I was hoping that you guys would not get the full Carl Durrell experience. You guys are getting the full Carl Durrell experience. And that means it's going to be bad. Um, it's going to be bad because it's not going to be with early two thousands, UCLA talent. It's with Colorado current talent, which isn't as good. And uh, that's not casting as Colorado. It's just the reality of the thing. There's no more East drew. There's no Mercedes Lewis. Um, and it's, it's going to be rough. Um, yeah. You know, you guys have dealt with a lot of rough stuff over the last 15 years. So you guys are used to it. This is going to be worse. It's not going to be fun. Hopefully, you can get out from under Durrell at the end of this year. Um, but it's going to be a rebuild.
2: Yep. Um, this is a little update. For, ma- thanks again to Matthew for doing the survivor pool results. But there were 258 entries. So 166 of the 250 people. 50, 50, 258 people picked Stanford. but bunch people picked Arizona State and then kind of a spattering of the other one. But no one beats Mark who picked Colorado. Good for him. Uh, what, what looks worse from Ross? Hey, guys. Which looked worse for the conference? My Ducks being thrown into a wood chipper by possibly the best team in college football or Utah losing to an unranked Florida team with a brand new coaching staff? I'm so
1: sorry, Ross, but it's your team being thrown into a wood chipper. Um, like It was... So the duck flew into the wood chipper and then it was just this explosion of feathers and then a, a, a slight goo, like this gamey viscera kind of just um, leaked out of the bottom of the thing. But mm-hmm. basically, most of the meat of the duck was vaporized. So all that was left over was just feathers and like this gamey, like, I don't know, like a little foie gras, like a, a just a... This, just this
2: mess. I could see like the little hook of the bill was like, off the yeah, yeah, side, yeah, maybe. yeah. Yeah. It couldn't quite get
1: chipped up. Um, but that was, that was one of the worst bloodbaths. I think I can remember seeing and aside from again, USC versus Alabama was close. So if you want to take solace, maybe you do have Sam Darnold on the sideline.
2: Yeah. Maybe, uh,
1: maybe Ty Thompson is that guy and we're all just missing it. But, um, if you don't, and really you don't need a Sam Darnold for your offense. You need a, you need the equivalent for your defense. And I don't think that exists.
2: Yeah. I think, You're being a little kind, though, on the wood chipper. I would say I would go more like channel your inner itchy and scratchy, and like you sort of like cut off the duck's leg, you know, duck's legs, cut off his head, uh, cut off his wings, and then you sort of like he's in pain, and you put it back together, sew him back together, and then you shoot him, and then you like patch him up a little bit, and then you throw him in the wood chipper. Like you have to like really brutalize this. This this duck was not just one one incident happening to it. Like there was a whole bunch of things happening. You had to go full itchy and scratchy to go how bad <laughs> it was for the ducks. Um. All right. Wait. Is this uh? Is this is this you? You're next or me? I, uh, I'm not like confused. Where I did the, I did this one. You did so you're the next. the you're worst. Next. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're Frank. So, oh, Frank. Uh, prediction. USC will score half of what they got.
1: Oh, hang on, hang on. Somebody's asked me to do the sound effect of a duck going into a wood chipper. <laughs> Ready? Quack, quack.
2: <laughs> this is the content you don't pay for, people. This <laughs> uh, Frank's prediction is the USC will score half of what they got against Rice, that would be 33. Stanford will score twice what Rice got, which is 28. So USC wins 33-28. So he has Stanford covering. Frank, uh, we disagree, but we will see.
1: Very much so, Frank. Um, All right. This is from Orlando. Mm -hmm. Relegation from Disgusted Oregon Fan.
2: Okay.
1: Hello. I hope this finds you well and you're able to read this on the show in between laughing your asses off at the fate of the Pac-12 and the recap of the Oregon-Georgia game. That was embarrassing in ways I can't describe. I made special arrangements all offseason and had a full house of family and friends, a few Georgia fans, that left after halftime out of sheer embarrassment. Oregon appears to be one of the worst P5 teams in the country at the moment. Feinbaum said South Carolina State was a tougher opponent for Alabama, and I couldn't agree more. We suck more than anyone could have possibly foreseen. I didn't expect us to win, but I also didn't expect us to just take it. It's like the entire team spent camp reading up on <laughs> on BDSM ball torture and decided that's what they were into.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I've seen <laughs> I've seen Citadel put up more of a fight versus an SEC team. It took over 2 decades, but it looks like the most loathed program in the Pac-12 was finally dying. At this point, I'm seriously considering putting the house on Eastern Washington next week. I know that you all are fans of Premier League relegation like myself. Just for fun, I was wondering what team besides Oregon in the Pac-12 would you relegate and to where? Doesn't have to be to the same conference and try not to take the easy mountain West way out. I would personally prefer the sunbelt playing app state in coastal Carolina. Seems like a great time. And Oregon would be pretty competitive in that conference. Thanks. And as always go ducks. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) This is the most self-deprecating Oregon fan email we've ever got. Right. Oh my God. That is brutal. Yeah. That was a really good one. Um, so yeah, we do like the relegation thing. Like neither of us like soccer, but we love the relegation aspect of it. Uh yeah. I don't know. What, you, <sighs> what team besides Oregon would you relegate? So in the Pac twelve. I right think now? it's gotta be Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's relegated immediately. Sorry. And they're relegated to Colorado
1: um, goes to Maybe like
2: Conference USA.
1: Conference USA would be a good fit for them.
2: Yeah. 'Cause that the conference is like falling apart too, right? So it's perfect. You can go dominate No,
1: it. no, Colorado goes big sky. Big sky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you been to eastern Colorado? It's big sky country. It's oh, yeah, perfect. I like um it. and then Oregon. Yeah, Oregon in the uh in the sun belt would be fun.
2: Okay. I would take that. I love it. All right, we've got one last one from Perk and we'll let you guys all go. There are still people watching us live and uh how insane is that? Thank you guys for doing that. I mean there's no way you're gainfully employed, or I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, no, it's awesome. I would actually
1: guess the only people listening to this are gainfully employed people working in an office.
2: Yeah, and they could, like, just, yeah. Well, yeah maybe they're listening and watching, and there's, like, the, the live aspect. The live aspect does make it fun. Like, I enjoy, you know, on that side, I enjoy doing these kind of things, and I uh, want to try to make the, you know, I tried to put up some pictures and change the camera angles, just so you guys aren't watching, like, the same... It's not like a Zoom call. You're just watching the same shit like over and over again. Just to kind of make it a little fun. Um, and they, I le- I do love the interaction and the chat and everything. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. I mean, it's something to do. We're recording anyway. It's kind of a fun little thing. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. One last thing from Perk. Uh, Big Ten fan bases Iowa and Indiana. So this is his ongoing series. Uh, Indiana, pretty straightforward. They don't care about football because they're Notre Dame fans until basketball <laughs> season starts. Since everyone in the state is seemingly born out of the womb, shooting forty percent from three, they're basketball crazy. Uh, they're pretty reasonable about expectations. There's a small group that still can't go over, uh, get over firing of Bobby Knight and love him to death because he was a rule follower except for the choking your players part. But yeah, uh, Iowa, probably the edgiest uh, fan base in the conference. But then again, most of them went to Iowa because they couldn't get into the Big Ten school they really wanted to attend. They'll talk up their team like, they're, like they invented football just because they went 9-3 and three and their star player was a two-star linebacker. Uh, the waving of the kids part is pretty cool, I must say. Yeah, so they, they waved to the children's hospital, which is, you can see from the stadium. I feel bad for Dave because whoever he thinks uh, he could... I'm sorry. Uh, whatever he thinks he could lose by leaving David Shaw in the Pac-12... He'll get even worse in return with Kirk Ferentz. They won seven to three on Saturday without scoring a touchdown and have won six games in which they have punted eight or more times. The next highest win them out with that many punts is two. Also his son is the OC. Thanks and have a great weekend. I saw a tweet where there was like, there's like, I think it was scoring seven points. There's only been like 17 wins in like some really long time. And like Iowa has like six of them. It was, I don't have the numbers exactly right, but it's yeah. something like that. There's like the ga- There's not only been so many teams that have won a game, but scoring that few points. That Iowa's been on that list more than anybody. Right,
1: and we have to watch a lot of Iowa football starting in two years. You realize that, right? Yes, like that's a that's a thing that we have to do. Uh, are you rethinking this move at all? I mean, I, it's, this is above my pay grade, but yeah. I mean, are you thinking? Are you rethinking your optimism about this move? You have to watch Iowa football and care about it. Yeah, maybe they're not. Not on to the mention for Indiana football, Illinois football. Indiana'd be
2: kind of fun. All these I states. Do you know where they are? Could you point them out on a map? Uh, yes, I know. I know. I know the map pretty well. Yeah, I bet you do. But Illinois, I got to see. Illinois was my very first game of a college when I went to college. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, we were talking but about this. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, worst football game I've ever. Watched in my life. Uh, um, all right, I, we we got a couple of uh, YouTube questions. Okay, should we should we answer? Yeah, those yeah, let's these do all right, Carlos asks, what happens first? Colorado wins a football game or Ryan caves in and changes David's background.
2: Okay. This is not Ryan caving in. I've done enough. And actually, I'll give Dave props. He put something in the dock before the show. That's right. Our picks. That's two weeks in a row, baby. So he actually did a little bit of pre work for the show instead yeah. of me doing all this stuff. Uh, so that was cool. The background is this, this is my office. Like this is my studio. He is welcome to bring in a background. And I've told him and there's no way he's going to do it. He moves the helmet. I can show you, like, on that. People were liking the overhead cam. He moves the helmet from, right like, there. here right there. to there. He moves it out of his way, but he's still there. He's still got the tunnel. It's vision more to record. make room for my computer. Otherwise, I don't really care. Right. Um, but you're welcome to send in a background. I have, like, a thing to hang that we could do that or something. But uh, I am not going to put work into that. Um, yeah, you will so eventually. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to. Oh, I left our Twitter handle up when I put the overhead thing. I know Correct. you well enough.
1: Uh, oh yeah, you're not David David Woods. Yeah, look at that sucker know, it's, it's screwed up. Um, uh, the other thing I would say, um, so oh right, sorry. There's another question. You ready? Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is from Ben. The Queen died today. Thoughts on monarchy versus? Look, I I don't necessarily have objections to monarchy generally. Um, I think like there, there's a there's a there's a there's oh a scenario God. where a, a, a well-run monarchy where the monarch is actually pretty close to that philosopher king is pretty good, right? Yeah. Like if somebody could just make decisions quickly and get things done, that's great. The problem is when you add in all of the other stuff, like hey, it's got to be your stupid son who's going to be the next monarch. Um, well, your stupid son is probably inbred because you know that's just the way these these things go um also your 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 kid probably sucks like most <laughs> you know most kids suck so your kid probably does too um and the thing is like an original monarch like somebody who like comes to power because of their like being cool uh they did it because they were cool like they had some talent it's the same thing with coaching really like it's like um you know a a coach is really good and then his kid gets into coaching. How often is that kid good? Right, not not often, because uh, they don't have the talent. They don't have the juice. They, they don't might have, have the, the
2: talent, but maybe not the drive, or maybe they, they didn't.
1: They're missing a piece.
2: Yeah, they're like, missing an essential piece. They didn't have to like be a GA here and then move up. There. Like right. they, their their path was easier. Like yeah. they didn't have the adversity if on the way. If you could have a
1: monarchy determined by like an assessment test, like you might be cooking with gas at that point. Hmm. The problem is the English monarchy is um, rife with uh, uh, just bandits and horrible people. And, um, you know, what uh, are
2: the percentages of like English monarchs over the centuries that were like, like you said, the philosopher king, like like the, that were cool. They English were like, monarchs? they were like really good. Yeah. English monarchs.
1: It's like two. Like it's not. Total really. Yeah, that, okay. it's it's English monarchs. are So they're all like power hungry psychopaths. Um, but like there were like two who were kind of cool. Um but no, English monarchs have been pretty bad. Like, Russia has had a couple of better ones. Yeah. Um, like, Catherine the Great and Peter the Great were both better um, than pretty much anyone in, in English uh, monarch history. Um, uh, a lot of the German monarchs were pretty cool. Oh. Um, most of the French monarchs were inbred freaks, like just absolute <laughs> psychopaths. Um Try to take the, over the, the world. The Austrian and Spanish Habsburgs were obviously among the most inbred people in the world. Yeah. Um, so, just not much good there. So, I think if you could iron out the kinks with monarchy, then you'd be, you know, you, you'd have something. Because I think having one person who can just like make the big decisions, if yeah. they're really good at it, you get a lot of the, the 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 bullshit out of the way.
2: We could use one of those in college football. Yeah. I, I think i read there was one book i read i probably have it around here the um it was a like the russian what was the uh the last monarch family the uh, something offs uh, the romanovs romanovs yeah yeah it was yeah. about the Romanovs because and then you know lenin like you know the lenin stuff kind of came after that but it's kind of ironic that you would end like the best the best monarchs were probably the russians and then they had the the revolution and, you know, so Ben makes the
1: point that I'm comparing an absolute monarch to a constitutional monarch, which I am doing. Um, Britain's monarchy, uh, uh, devolved over time from an absolute or close to absolute to constitutional. The idea of an absolute monarchy is actually like kind of faulty historically. Like none of them are really absolute. There was always like councils and nobles and shit. Yeah. Um, France got the closest probably in the 1700s, but even then it wasn't really. Um, so, Yeah, Britain's was the most, I guess you could say, democratic. But all that meant is that you had a bunch of inbred lords also telling you what to do. Um, It didn't get truly constitutional until sometime in the 1800s. Gotcha.
2: Well, at the two-hour mark, we definitely want to talk about constitutional monarchies. That's exactly where this show should be. (laughs) So at least it was like at the beginning when people were like, isn't this like a football show? Or like, Well, it's hour number two, or I guess we're going to hour number three. Talk about that.
1: Final final comment. I just heard the Queen died, so naturally I tuned into the POC. <laughs> and then hashtag RIP Bozo. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but long more. live the Queen. Yes. Uh, we dropped from 39 people wa- Oh no, 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 we went up to 40. More people, people tuned in right there. I think we
2: peaked out around 50 people live yeah. or something. I don't know, something like that. Uh yeah, we had fifty fifty one.
1: Tight two hours. Tight, (laughs) tight two hours.
2: The opposite. What's the opposite of tight? Yeah, that's what we were here. Expansive. Uh, Well, thank you, everyone, for listening on our podcasting feed, and thank you for tuning in live. I think this was fun. This was a really fun kind of live show. A lot of good comments and everything, Um, but we appreciate all that, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to week two. Enjoy your weekend of Pac-12 football. For David Woods, I am Ryan Abraham signing off. Hope you enjoy the show. And we will talk to you next time. Phoenix.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better